My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT Update, Takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, it's the WR274, it's NXT TakeOver Portland. Dan, are you excited? I am very excited. There's a lot of good matches lined up on the cards. Um, a few hard-hitting affairs as well. It's a lot of personal feuds that I'm looking forward to seeing the culmination of as well. Without a shadow of a doubt. Before we do anything, let's do the alternate intro. And, well, Portland, Oregon, and slow gin fears. If it ain't love, then tell me what is. When I lost my heart, it didn't take no rain. Oh, I lost my mind in Oregon. In a booth in the corner with the lights down low. I was moving fast. She was taking it slow. Well, I looked at him and caught him looking at me. I knew right we were playing free in Oregon. So that is, of course, of course we're in Portland, Oregon. But we do bonus uh, predictions, down, and that is the most important thing. Do you want to explain the bonus league for everybody? Or prediction league, even? Well, the prediction league, we have three, four prediction leagues now. Sorry. Four. And we've got a NXT TakeOver Prediction League, which we're going to be adding to tonight for the first time. We've got a WWE pay-per-view. We've got an AEW pay-per-view. And we've got a bonus prediction league as well. Yeah, at the moment, it's one all with pay-per-views. We've both got the Rumble right. It's 8-8 eight, eight in bonus points. And, of course, it's 2-0 to me in TakeOver. So tonight is vital for Dan to do it. We start off with our very first match. And it is Keith Lee coming out here. Well, actually, I say it's the first match. We had a kind of a weird promo to begin with about the blood, sweat and tears at an NXT superstar take fight. Then we had Poppy playing for about five minutes. And now we are, of course, getting Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. And uh, prediction-wise, we do it first. In this one, I have gone for uh, Keith Lee. I too have gone for Lee Keith. Uh, why have you gone Keith Lee and what have you thought of the build-up to this match? Well, these two guys, these two big behemoths, they've been having matches on and off. And this is kind of like the rubber match between the two. Um, is it right that he's not defending the title against Roderick Strong for it? Well, I think WWE have got a thing where they don't, uh, the ex-champion doesn't get an automatic rematch, whether that filters down to NXT. Might be the case because Shania Basler, of course, didn't get one either. Get punched, didn't they, uh, So I think that's quite interesting. But when you talk about, you know, matchup Lee's two, their record, I think, Flea might be two and one at the moment. Uh, but these two guys can do magical things. And I'm definitely expecting that. In this match, and then even the early go, you see a test of strength, and that kind of breaks down. The kind of agility of these two guys is unlike anything that we've seen in NXT. You know, we're talking about an NXT update about big guys. Well, you say the agility, and we just seen Keith Lee deliver a Hurricane Rana to Dijakovic. But yeah, the reason why I have gone for Keith Lee is because he's only just started with the belt. 
he's major over with the fans. Major, major over. over. And, you know, it would be silly for him to drop it so soon to Dijakovic. Especially the way he won it, you know what I mean? Man managing to beat the Unspewed Era, ending the prophecy. That is almost as important as anything else. You can see these two guys trying to exchange strikes. But the thing is, they know each other so well now that they can second guess, and that's where you see the real chemistry. Well, you just seen him, uh, Dijakovic bouncing off the ropes a couple of times, Keith Lee not moving an inch. They both run the ropes and then stand tall in the middle of the ring. And this tonight, especially these two guys, these two guys have kind of not been pushed down our throats. They've organically came up in NXT, haven't they, you know? Absolutely, yeah, and it's, I think it's the best way to get two superstars coming. You know, these two guys could well be the future of NXT or even WWE. And it's weird that they get the reaction that they want. You know, there's two guys who you might say, especially Dominic Dijakovic is the kind of Vincent Mann-looking guy, but they're, they're different to we've seen in the past, you know, as uh, DD just tries to chop Keith Lee. I think just annoyed him more than anything. He's got an arm ringer as he throws him against the ropes and again, athletically leaping over the top of Dijakovic. It's him with a spinning boot, knocks Keith Lee out the ring. But of course, Dominic has seen it before and he realising. That's it's a huge night for some people on the card to actually make an impact. You talk about people that maybe not been featured at a takeover. Oh, my God. But Dijakovic jumps over the top rope to take out Keith Lee and then gets caught, lifted up by Lee. Oh, but manages to jump over his head before he can get slammed into the wafer thin mats. Well, there's one thing on the WNR podcast that we've done, especially the last few months is watch a lot of professional wrestling around the world. You know, if it would be New Japan, Red Pro, AEW, Impact. Tonight, NXT's got a chance to say, right, this is where we are. Don't forget about us. Because I think we have recently as well, especially like NXT UK and everything else like this. I think not only that, it's like it's been kind of crossed in. It's had crossover events with WWE, so you're kind of pacing them under the same thing. Or it's it's not had its own standalone event this year, which... You know, this could be the making of the year for NXT. Well, this is the thing. We've had a lot of build-up, you know, a lot of stars. But like you said, they're kind of being used to help out others at the moment. You know, NXT UK. And I'd say even the main roster, you know, the kind of way they were used at night, I said, to stand up and say, this is the card. You don't usually get a six-match takeover. I mean, the, the kickoff had absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, what a waste. You want to listen to a good kickoff? You might as well have listened to our live show. Yeah, we'd just like to thank everybody that listened to that as well. 50,000 people ready for NXT. And, of course, we are as well. And uh, Dominic Dijakovic just... Well, I say the suplex wasn't as much as an impact on Keith Lee on the outside. It was just the way the landing was so well. You're going to have to try different things. Well, you're definitely going to have to up your game on both sides of this. And one thing I'll be impressed with Keith Lee, and I think we've seen it in NXT is how much punishment you can take with the ankle being targeted by the Unsputed Era and Roderick Strong. And Keith Lee's kind of managed to get through that and still be fighting. I mean, I'm sure he's not 100% now. Does that say something about Dominic Dijakovic not to target that and actually try and beat him mano e mano, so to speak? Well, I think Dominic Dijakovic, he wants to prove that he doesn't need to take the Undisputed Era's shortcuts. He wants to do it, you know, face-to-face. He's beaten Keith Lee before, so... Well, stopping him doing it again. Well, this is the thing, and, and I think if we look at keys to victory, Dominic Dijakovic has to kind of embrace it. Both these guys... Didn't you say that was quiet last week? <laughs> well, 
like I said, both of these guys, you know, especially with Keith Stavitsky, Dominic Dijakovic, he's got to enhance himself. He was at the same level as Keith Lee, say, six months to a year ago. And since then, you can't say the same. Even though both men featured well at, ta- uh, at War Games, the uh, last takeover, since then, it's been a different level for Keith Lee, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Well, Keith Lee went on to the Survivor Series, put in an absolute performance there. And it's kind of elevated him to the next level. And it's got more eyes on the Limitless one where you should be feasting your eyes on Dominic Zajakovic. No, and this is the thing, uh, Keith Lee has kind of, the, the whole thing about momentum in WWE is being able to embrace it and go with it, and Keith Lee has definitely done that, especially when a guy that people weren't sure about, especially kind of his look and everything like this, but he's just, the sake about me, he's a star, you know, even the, the kind of look, you just want to care about him, whether you're going to cheer him or boo him, I think Keith Lee's got, and yeah, we, I'm, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Oh, he just threw him <laughs> over his head. And kind of Dominic Dijakovic landed to the mat with a fud. But again, you know, it's it's something that we done wrong and we shouldn't have done it. But we judged a book by its cover with Keith Lee. And we didn't even open it up and have a little read through. And, you know, you're kind of getting into it and you're a few chapters in. You're like, fucking hell, you know, I can't wait to read yeah. some more. But I think that's the magical thing of the podcast that we do have a chance to go and check on people. Maybe not written off as such, but, you know, kind of go back and... They have to earn, you know, Keith Lee, all the independent success, had to earn the respect of all the fans and, and, and us. And that makes a star even better, you know, uh, because you have gone through that, like a Drew McIntyre. But he, the reason McIntyre gets cheered now still is because they've seen what he's done. He's not been forced into an event. It's like Keith Lee. He's not been given any opportunities. He's had to earn it. And I think the same thing with Dominic as well. Absolutely, yeah. As Dijakovic in a bit of trouble. It comes out with a huge pump kick. Drops Keith Lee, but chooses not to capitalise on it. Instead, you know, he knows that's not going to put a big man away. He goes up top. And he wants to prove, like I said, he's the better man as he's all the way up. <laughs> Corkscrew, moonsault. Two, no. Oh. Keith Lee managing to kick out. Uh, a guy's size shouldn't do that. I mean, you know, we, we talk about these two guys. Is there, is there anything comparable? You know, so like Umaga maybe used to do it back in the day. Or like the Undertaker used to walk right, but no one did that. <laughs> Corkscrew moonsault. Yeah, like was he like six six and a half foot tall? At least six foot, you know, six foot seven, six foot eight, about two hundred and fifty pounds. Now he's got the strength to lift Keith Lee up onto his shoulders, or not quite, as Lee's managing to fight out. But we want to see new stars in NXT, and I think these two guys getting given a chance at a takeover is much better than saying like a Roderick Strong versus. No offence, like a Velveteen Dream, even though that match is going to happen. Two guys can make an impact and show everybody exactly what it's all about. And it's just hard hitting at the moment. And deliver an actual good matchup as well. You know, you see two big guys, you think, oh, fuck, this ain't going to be that good. But, you know, these two guys, they are pretty much matched in strength, ability, you know, agility, everything. And it's just going to take, like, one slip from the other person to get a victory. And it's... The story is not about disrespect. The story, like you said, you want to be the best and you've got a guy there standing your way. Just look at the punishment Keith Lee just took. And they're hitting each other so hard they've dropped each other down to their knees. But could you see, because personally I could see either of these guys managing to steamroll Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Doubt. I thought Keith Lee would be the guy and they've got a North American route with him. But it's crazy to think that, especially when they're so... WWE look about them. You know, with NXT, like I said, we're usually used to guys like Finn Balor or Johnny Garner. They've completely ripped up the script. And like I said, you want to see these two men 
be successful in NXT. But I don't want to see these two guys keep having matches back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until they end up saying, right, you're a tag team now. Go for the tag team gold. No, we don't want that. We don't want that. <clears throat> what we want is them to meet up again over a you know, second US title, Winter Connect title in a year's time. Plan that story. And because my favourite, like the Rock and Triple H, they, they haven't done that enough where they Intercontinental Champion, you know what I mean? They build up through together. These two guys actually have a chance. Absolutely, and bring them up together as well. Yeah, as Keith Lee looks to get sent into the turnbuckle. Well, you can see three, four years down the line, Universal Champion, WWE Champion, meeting at Survivor Series. Without a doubt. And I mean, what a match that would be because like the hardcore fans and the NXT fans will we'll know exactly what it's about. You can tap into that back in again. Now, like I said, tag team is kind of the worst route they could go at the The Cesaro Sheamus route. Yeah, you don't want to see that. But they've got, like I said, they've got to be separated a little bit, even though, obviously, you know, when you talk about two guys in NXT, they're probably going to be the two. Well, Djakovic is perched on the top turnbuckle, right feet on the second, and he's trying to get Keith Lee up on his shoulders. This really isn't going to end well. Oh! And he slammed it down. We could have a new champion. No. no. What's it going to take to keep Keith Lee down? I cannot believe that managed to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And a crowd on their feet. And the referee was up in the air when Keith Lee came bouncing off the canvas. And it was a slow motion replay. The Vaz chart list is awesome. We've seen these two guys deliver absolute you know, great matches in NXT. Now a chance at a takeover. But it's because they've kind of meshed together before that they know what each other's capable of so they can deliver a match like this. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, Dijakovic placed Lee in the corner, yeah. came charging towards him, Lee pounced Dijakovic back to the corner he came from. Boom. <laughs> I think the pounce is one of my favourite moves as it well. It is, it's getting up there. It is. I remember, uh, who was it, in Monty Brown or someone like that in TNA used to do it, but the way Keith Lee, it is like a Mack truck running into you. And now both men on the outside, and God knows what could happen here. This is only the first match. Don't tell me it's going to be a count-out as referees got up to six now. And you can hear there's just a strong strike at the forearm. It doesn't look like Lee's interested in getting in just yet. Fans want tables. Is Keith Lee going to deliver it to him? Well, the referee's showing some leniency. He's kind of given up with his count. I think he wants a decisive end to this match. Oh, and a double hand slap to the chest. Of Dijakovic. If there's one man, you know, I, I don't want to talk about NXT for a second. If there's one man who could go toe-to-toe with Walter and it wouldn't seem a complete mismatch, would be Keith Lee. Keith Lee, not just the role he's on, but just how impressive he is. And he's enjoying himself. He is. He's going off the fans' reactions. For a second, the fans wanted tables. Keith Lee's like, no, we're not going through tables. We're not going that route. I'm going to double-hand slap him instead. Most wrestlers, that wouldn't wash. But with Keith Lee, the fans are absolutely happy with that. He's really got them the palm of his hand. As Dijakovic is trying as hard as he can to fight out. This is a true back-and-forth effort. Well, he's got Keith Lee in the chair now. <laughs> and it looked like Dijakovic was going to deliver a double-hand slap to Lee. But Lee turned it round and then he eats a super kick to the head. Oh, what are you doing? No! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Shit! <laughs> well, Dijakovic there just went flying. Absolutely. A sent on to Keith Lee, who was sat in the chair. And we are going to get the replay, but I mean, it looked like he just absolutely wiped him out. God, God almighty. The trust Keith Lee must have in Dominic Dijakovic to go, 
Yeah, dive, you know, at least 15 feet. At least 17 to 18 foot. Right on my face. <laughs> and it's so good, they've shown it four times again. <laughs> well, he got it in, and maybe this is Dijakovic's chance. Maybe Keith Lee's reign is going to come to an end. And I'll tell you what, if it did tonight, I wouldn't mind, but I would definitely want to see a rematch. Dijakovic deserves it at this moment. He went for the chokes, but Keith Lee put him on his shoulders. Looking for the big bang catastrophe. Dijakovic... Elbowing Lee in the jaw. Lee looks to go down. But he powers his way up. But Dijakovic oh. lands on his feet from it. Delivers a super kick. That was beautiful agility. But again, the power of Keith. Fighting out of the chokeslam attempt. Grabs Dijakovic by the throat. Oh. With Dijakovic. <laughs> Keith Lee backflips oh. out of it. Pop-up powerbomb attempt. Fucking height on that. Dijakovic just bounces all the way through. Sykes himself up. Keith sat there as if to say, what the fuck? <laughs> Even mouthed it as well. <laughs> Dijakovic looking for the kick. Keith Lee rolls him up, but powers him. Another powerbomb. Dijakovic is holding the back of his head. Keith oh. Lee, no. Only a two count. Two. And Keith Lee can't believe it himself. It's, it's turned into a firework display. Oh. Ah. Oh, whoa. Wow. <laughs> ah. Ah. What well. happened there? <laughs> Was that the climax? Ooh. Well, Ooh, Keith, <laughs> Keith Lee and Dipena down. Well, we thought this would be a good match, but I think they've exceeded themselves. Absolutely. And if Nigel McGuinness is saying what a match, then you know it's a good one because we know what he's experienced. His life and career. Absolutely. With Mauro Nalo, he's a Mamma Mia whore. He'll say that to any half-decent move. Well, I, I think people are getting used to the fact that he... Sometimes you oversell stuff too much, if you know what I mean. You, yeah. And then it just takes away with it. You know, just saying, you know, I'll cut on to I know, you were right. It's going to be one of those things again, like Enzo. It's going to work <laughs> out, but... Not like comparing the two of them together, obviously. <laughs> just about his style. But sometimes it works the other way, like good old Keith Lee. He's now... Got to look like an unconscious Dominic in the corner. Uh, what's he planning? Dijakovic, no, he pushes Keith Lee, who is perched on the top turnbuckle, down to the mats. And how thin are those mats that Keith Lee crashed into? Just mere millimetres stick there, wafer thin over concrete, not forgiving whatsoever. But, you know, this is like a video game. And, and if people wonder why Dijakovic just did that, to get a little bit of a rest as well. Keith Lee's coming in, but you need to recharge that energy. Otherwise, you know, it will end. These guys work on the kind of the stamina and also the moment. Well, Absolutely. Well, you know, again, they're not built like cruiserweights, but they are flying around like cruiserweights. So it takes a lot more energy than for someone like Jack Gallagher to be running around the ring. Now Lee trying to get up. Oh, I always worry when they're in these positions because Dee just got the kick. And now they're on the top and anything could happen. Absolutely. Well, both men are perched very precariously. <clears throat> oh, my God. On top. Spanish fly. <laughs> James got so excited he paused it. <laughs> Fuck it. Well, you, you see people like, you know, Jordan Devlin or, or Cruiserweights doing it. But you don't expect to see that. What a beautiful move off the top. Absolutely. Jesus Christ. And he's going to get it one, two. two. No. Well, couldn't get it. Keith Lee managed to kick out. Uh-huh. But this could be the beginning of the end. Are we going to see a feast your eyes? No, surely. No. They call me Shirley, but he's struggling to pick Keith Lee up. I think he's just taking out so much energy. Yeah, and the lower back's causing trouble. Lee trying to block it. And he's got Dominic up. The big bang catastrophe. 
gets the victory for Keith Lee. Wow, what a match. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely brilliant. I thought I was a uh, match of the year contender, but not from these two guys. You know, I completely ripped them off. Undeservedly so. These two guys delivered an absolute classic of a humdinger of a match. It was near perfect. And, and yes, you could complain that maybe the no selling it uh, took away. But the, the fact is that when you've got these two guys doing it, in that moment in time, that's what you want to see. You know, it's, it's like two massive Transformers colliding. But I think the early on no selling is good for especially of these two sides. You know, they're huge behemoths. And they should be no-selling for the early part of the match. And then, you know, as it gets into it, you see them, like, selling a bit more and a bit more. And, yeah, you know, the selling, I think, was absolutely works perfectly. The moves that we've seen, like that Dominic Dijakovic flip off the springboard moonsault, uh, springboard flip off the top to take out Keith Lee, who was sat in a chair. You know, that was absolutely perfect. And then, like, the pop-up powerbomb that Keith Dijakovic just sanded up it was absolutely brilliant. Do you, you know, they have no right delivering this. And, uh, and I said at the Rumble, you know, 20 years ago, we had uh, Cactus versus Triple H and Corbin. And, and you know, we had Corbin Reigns now. I'll say it the other way. You know, when you talk about 25 years ago, you know, 1995, we, two big men, Diesel versus Sid, probably delivered the worst in-your-house match that ever. And this generation, we've got people like Keith Lee, Jackovic, the very first match of TakeOver have possibly stole the show. You know, Absolutely. And that's how good they are. And credit to them. You know, unbelievable stuff to start us off. TakeOver always delivers. That's what I love about it. Uh, we both get a point. Not a surprise. Uh, but, you know, credit. Dominic Dijakovic loses nothing in defeat here, does he, you know? Absolutely not, no. You know, he's still going to be a big part player going on. And, you know, hopefully we get to see a big bit of respect between these two guys as reaches down, shakes the hand of Dodjakovic. Are we going to see one of these going for a hill turn? I don't know. Like you said, the respect built up has been unbelievable between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. And it's good to see that in the business, you know, in the industry, two guys who put it all on the line. And we see an embrace between the two as well. Referee's like, oh, I want to get on that. <laughs> and look at that. You know, two guys at their, at their very best. And Keith saying, Dominic, go on, you take a bow. Lee helps him up to take a bow as well. That's how much of a man he is. Well, that just shows the punishment taken by both men in this match. And <clears> there are two stars right there. Keith Lee may be the winner. But Dominic Dijakovic, like you said, Dan, look for him to become NXT Tag Team Champion. <laughs> to fuck it up. Uh, and we see Tommaso Ciampa. But there's a lot of personal stories here tonight. Like we said, Ciampa looking to get Goldie back. Of course, Balor and Gagano. And it's just so so much on the line. But one of the most interesting stories has to be Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Because with these two, it's a friendship turned bad. And we saw it at NXT, T- uh, NXT TakeOver in War Games. When it looked like, you know, Tegan Knox was finally going to Dakota Kai as heelish as you would like, attacking her out of the gate of the cage, even, and basically um, making her pay, injuring that leg. We already know that she's had the leg repaired twice with a torn ACL, and Dakota Kai didn't care and looked to end the career of um, Tegan Knox. But hopefully tonight, again, we talk about two people getting opportunities. Tegan Knox is someone 
who definitely deserves it. Dan, what are your thoughts on the story? What are your thoughts? It's a good build to a story. It's a good way of getting two women up to the forefront of NXT, but yet not having them in a title match. And hang on a minute. Oh. Well, Dakota Kai didn't even let her get her entrance done and dusted. She's attacking her from behind. Well, this is a street fight. Let's not forget about this. Dan, who have you gone for in this match? I went for Dakota Kai. You went Dakota Kai. I went Tegan Knox in this. What are your reasonings for Kai as Knox now seems to turn it around a little bit? Well, I think with um, the loss of Shayna Baszler, you're going to need another hill coming through. And I think Dakota Kai can be that malicious bitch of a hill. Without a doubt. But Tegan Knox is showing the fire. Just ran Dakota Kai through the barricade. And look at a slammer on the stairs. Oh No, turns it around to a DDT on barricade. But again, it's great to see two women wrestling who isn't who isn't Shania, isn't one of the four horsewomen either. Either way, you know, as Kai now throws in, this could be over. Knox gets strolled off at two, two, and Kai has been known for attacking Knox from behind. And again, this is taken away from the old classic women's street fight matches that we used to see with tables with irons, ironing boards, kitchen sink, mops, and stuff like that. This is the same trash cans, the same tables, the same chairs that the men use. And you can see the level of aggression from Dakota Kai. Might be making a little bit of a mistake here, letting Tegan Knox back in this. But Knox, like I said, very first takeover match, sent into the stairs. Well, it should have been her second, but this match wouldn't have culminated if it wasn't. <laughs> Dakota Kai is such a bitch. And now she's going right leg. Uh-oh, and Knox could be in serious trouble. Don't do it, Kai. Oh, she's got a cricket bat. Well, how's that? Oh, oh my God. Wow. Luckily enough, Knox ducked, otherwise it would have hit her for six. Hey, well, calls Knox. The Welsh wizard there managing to uh, avoid the bat. And you can just see the viciousness from Kai. And Kai is completely trapped about. Used to be a kind of Bailey ripoff, whatever it is, and then just completely changed character. Gone down the hill route. You know, turned into Bailey. <laughs> yeah. But without the title. Right here. And of course, we have another women's match coming up later with the NXT Championship. But at the moment, Knox got a trash can. She's smirking. No, James, she hasn't got a cigarette in her glove. She's got a smile on her face because she knows payback is a bitch. And she places the trash can on the head of Kai. And it's a cannonball towards it. Hurt her own back, but I think it's hurt Kai even more. And that just shows you the, uh, you know, the, the dislike between the two. Knox is going to put her body on the line, try and take out Dakota Kai. She throws Kai back in the ring for a cover. Two. No, just a two count. Two. And Knox now looking underneath the ring. And she's got the table. Well, he wanted the tables earlier. Now Knox has just delivered. I think it would have taken away from this match if Keith Lee had to put Dominic Dijakovic <laughs> through the announce table. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it looks like Knox is going to try and put Kai. Try to suplex her to the outside. Dakota managing to block it and hang up Knox on the top rope. And now Knox going to the outside and Kai... Might have been playing possum. Hello, possum. <laughs> wow, just swelts her with a trash can lid and knocks his out. Gets thrown back in. She doesn't know where she is at the moment and Kai has definitely showed her aggressive nature. And she's just standing on the uh, throat. Tegan knocks as a crowd boozer and Kai doesn't care. Now she's tilting on the edge. Right in front of that chair. Oh, looking for a running kick. Luckily enough, Knox avoids it. And Knox there just so quick manages to get off three super kicks in a row. Now he's got the trash can. <laughs> Straight to the midsection. Just cracks over her back. Now she's got the trash can positioned and got Kai in the German. Oh! Crunches the back of her head down onto it. 
Come on, Knox. Into the cover. One, two. Kick out. Yes. Kai managing to kick out. Uh. I think she kneed herself in the head as she went over as well. <laughs> and Kai now trying to get to her feet. And Knox is waiting. She's going to look for the shiniest of wizards. No. Kai moving out of the way. Oh, my. What the fuck was that? God. Well, just turn around. Look like a... A co-breaker with her tiptoes. <laughs> yeah, right to the back of her head. Now Knox on the apron. Both these women giving it the rule. Like I said, it's a huge opportunity tonight. You would think, mate, it, would the winner of this maybe be number one contender if they were to get a victory? I was just thinking the same thing. <clears throat> I do believe it should be. Ortega Knox looks to get a choke slam, but Dakota Kai managing to evade it. Like a back kick to the head and then a, just a pump kick to the face. Or went for the running kick, but Knox caught her. Sweeps her leg out, sends her face first into the hard part of the ring. I think what we've seen in the first two matches, this is definitely the future of NXT right here, right now. As Tegan Knox now looking to go up top. But Dakota Kai manages to recover quick enough to deliver a kick to the head. And now Knox in a very precarious position as Kai goes up to meet her. Now Kai looks at the suplex, Knox hanging on for dear life. Knows this could be make or break. But Knox with a hand around the throat. Oh! Choke slam from the second. Molly go round. Go on, Knox, into the cover. One, two. No, oh. Dakota Kai managing to get her shoulder up at two. Two. And Knox now getting maybe a little bit frustrated. He's got the chair. Trying to beat Kai, but now she wants to hurt her. You've got Jewel and Chance and uh, Knox and Kai. And we've seen a darker side to Tegan Knox here tonight as well. Well, I think she needs to step up. She, need, she knows she needs to step up a level to get to where Dakota is. But she's almost kind of fighting <clears throat> with herself because she doesn't want to be... Known as that, but now she's got Kai in a chair. Oh, looking for that punt. But luckily enough, manages to evade it. Or got caught with a super kick and then a chair throw. Knocks call it. Van Daminator. Kai with a boot. <clears throat> Van Dakotanator. <clears throat> Dakota Kai just sends Tegan knocks into the ring post. And now she's got tape, it looks like. Oh, this is not good. Kai wrapping the hands of Tegan Knox. Around the ring post. It just kicks her in the face, unable to protect herself. Oh, my word. Well, Kai, it, it, she'd been using the pump kicks all throughout the match. It's how dangerous they are there. Broke the tape. And now Kai blaming Tegan Knox for all of this. And I think she picked up a laptop to use it, but Tegan Knox managing to reverse it. Straight to the knee. And that's what Kai did to Knox, and it's just payback at the end of the day. Now we've got some chains getting thrown into there. Well, this is getting a lot more hardcore than I thought it would. Oh! Oh, and a steel chain to the knee. And <laughs> it just kind of destroyed a leg. And a chain-wrapped fist, punching away at that bad neg. Neg? Knee. I'm trying to get that brace off as well. I think she has. She's got that chair wrapped round it. Well, this is what Kai wanted. Lumps on it. This is what she got. Look at the fire from Tegan Knox, Shining Wizard. And that is it. Go for the cover. It's over. Don't go for the cover. Well, she hasn't gone for the cover. I don't know why she's thinking right now. Oh, she may regret that. Oh, she's not done yet. She's going to cut Kai maybe a little bit more. Oh, she's going to make her former friend go through punishment. Oh, this is no longer about a match. I mean, even women maybe could have won by now. Is this a mistake, though? Well, of course it's a mistake, but she just wants to hurt Kai. But Kai wants to hurt Knox, and this is what's going to happen. One of these women, maybe both of them are going to end up in the hospital... If it was me, I would have gone for the cover, job done, and then tried to fuck her up afterwards. But you see the emotion clouding up, the judgment as well. And that's what Kai's done. Got into the mind of Knox and changed her. 
And the crowd just hushed, seeing what was going to happen. Got Kai on the table. Well, instead of going for the knee, she's putting a chair over the head. I think she wants to decapitate her former friend. Well, maybe Kai messed with the wrong woman with Tegan Knox. He's going to put an exclamation point on it now. And she's looking to go up and put Kai away. Wait a minute. It's Raquel Gonzalez, James. What, the Raquel Gonzalez? That Raquel Gonzalez. What are you doing out here? Well, James, it's a street fight and anything goes. So, unfortunately, anything she fucking likes. Unfortunately for me, she's targeting your pick. Well, who are you, Charlie? She's got hold of Knox now on top. And it's the giant Gonzalez. Oh! Fuck, that table didn't even go. I think she fucking broke Tegan Knox's neck. I capitalised, get the pin. My God, and Kai now, looking at the damage that Gonzalez is called. Oh, fucking hell. Kai, into the cover. One, two, three. (laughs) And that is how we do things around here, James. We back the winners. Yeah. Well, Dakota Kai wins in shenanigans, I'm, I'm afraid. Looks like Gonzalez and Kai hoots. And I am not happy. I'm happy to use those two words. I'm not happy about the result. The match was a little bit more hardcore than I thought. Dan, what are your thoughts? I thought it was a good match. I'm not too keen on Gonzalez getting involved. I think uh, Dakota Kai could have easily got a victory over Tegan Knox on her own. But, you know, we'll find out what she's doing here. And it's another addition to the women's roster in NXT. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, Kai's feigning at this moment not being... Looks like Gonzalez is helping her out. A la Diesel and Shawn Michaels. A la Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Well, that's not good. That's not a good way to start, but Dan, it means you go 2-1 up, but still a lot to go. Well, it's not a good way for you to start. I mean, I'm on for a perfect score. You're not. But a bit too much stalling in that matchup. Uh, And in the end, like I said, Gonzalez putting her through. So April 26th is an interesting day. Because that is the next takeover. And it's going to be NXT UK outside of the UK for the first time in Dublin, Ireland. Dan, I think that's a big show. We said we wanted it before August. We're getting it April 26th. Absolutely, yeah. It's good. It's uh, a good sign that they're kind of expanding their horizons as well. And it'd be an interesting one to watch. Wonder what the card's going to be like. Exactly. We'd have to wonder what the Portland card is like. Because we've already seen two matches run to the third. And we talk about personal matches between two men, the two faces of NXT past and present are on a collision, Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Dan, what have you thought of the build-up to this match? I think it's been good. You know, it started when we thought Finn was coming back to NXT to be a face, but he just squared off against uh, the Undisputed Era. Pele kicked Johnny Gargano in the head, took him out of action with the 1916 on the ramp, and then... uh, Johnny Gagano's been kind of like on a warpath ever since then. Yeah, I mean, Gagano missed a takeover. And you talk about numbers, you know, Gagano is making for takeover appearance. He's main evented eight of them. That shows you the power of Johnny Gagano. But is the most important number, Dan, 292. And why? I hear you ask. Well, why? Why? That's why. That's how long. Finn Balor held the NXT Championship for the longest reigning NXT champion. So you've got two stalwarts of NXT. We masturbated this about who was better. I think we drew because we couldn't decide. We're going to find out. But this one I have gone for and who I think is better, Johnny Gargano. Well, funny you should bring it up like that, James, because I have gone for who I think is better, 
Finn Balor. Well, we've seen her entrances, and it's great to see Finn Balor at a takeover. There's no doubt about that. Face the light smile, Joe. But why have you gone Finn Balor in this match? I think this is Finn Balor's crowning glory. He didn't come back to NXT to job out to Johnny Gagano or anyone else. Where he goes, he makes a point, he makes a statement, and he gets victories. But isn't it easy to give him a victory? Isn't it someone that needs it? Gagano to prove that actually, yes, he's better than Finn Balor. The NXT now is better than the NXT back then. Well, the NXT forever, James, and the NXT forever is Finn Balor. Well, he's back. What have you thought of... Well, I think it'd be a question. What have you thought of Finn Balor since he's turned heel and been back in NXT? I think it's been absolutely great. It's uh, certainly is a new direction. It's going to put like the to bed for a little while as well, which, you know, we was worried about it might get boring if he brings it out too much. Um, there's not really much chance of that all the while that Finn Balor is the prince. No, exactly. And the prince in his cocky attitude against Gagana calls Johnny Wrestling Mr. NXT. There is no one in my eyes does more for the product than Gagano. Oh, well, he, he is one of the most hard in work, hardest working men that have ever graced the ring ropes of NXT. But Finn Balor, he's came up to the top. He's kind of gone against the likes of Brock Lesnar. You know, he's tickled with the Giants. And now he's coming back down to teach these young guys a lesson. Do you think Finn Balor thinks he's better than everybody in NXT? That he can just easily walk in and just take over? Well, James, he is going to take over. Uh, take over. Now, I think, you know, that's the kind of whole demeanor that he's given off at the moment. Especially with his heel gimmick. It wouldn't have worked as much as a face. And him being a heel... Helps it out, you know, he he may feel, you know, he's certainly got a, a few things to teach these younger guys, Johnny Wrestling. Oh, yeah, I mean, this is the thing, Gagano's been talking about the fact that he is Mr. NXT and the heart and soul of the place, and then Finn Balor's probably thinking, wait a minute, what about me? I think Balor, a couple of years ago, was in a difficult position, you know, mid-card champion, yeah, all the way long, but I think since turning heel and the attitude in NXT, he's... He looks like he's enjoying himself more and he's taking it to a different level as well. He's, I think he's wrestling a lot better, as we've seen against like Aya Dragunov, than he has been recently, than he has previously. Absolutely. And again, these two guys are trying to feel each other out in the early goings of this match. <coughs> Do you think Balor respects Gagano? Do you think that's not even Oh, there? most certainly. There is a lot of... He respects him, but this character doesn't. Like each other, that's for certain. Oh, Finn Balor chose the right person to make a statement against. He could have Pele kicked Tommaso Ciampa. He could have kicked the head off of Adam Cole. But no, he went for the man who he believes is Mr. NXT. Well, that Gagano has proven time after time of how good he is. He's had, you know, countless five-star matches at takeovers at NXTs. He's got a chance here to deliver it with Finn Balor. Out of all the matches we're, we're awaiting and have watched, which one are you looking forward to the most? This one. Was it this one? This one. Um, because I know what certainly what Johnny Gagano can deliver in a wrestling ring. You know, he is absolute magic. He is a five-star machine. Uh, and with Finn Balor as well, I think he's a phenomenal athlete. And especially with his heel turn, as you say, you know, he's turned it up a lot. I like the cocky side of Finn Balor. You know, he's got Johnny Gagano. He's got his legs wrapped around Gagano's head and he's just doing press-ups just to kind of show off, which is perfect for his character at the moment. Then they're saying that we haven't seen from Finn Balor since being in WWE and he gets a chance to do this. I like his dinosaur tattoo he's got. Well, he's fighting. I think it might have been one of his kids' drawings. Oh, no, that's what they draw like in Ireland. And Gagano, quick as that, up taking um, Balor down. 
And, and I think, you know, Keith DeVitra, I think Gagano, the longer this goes, the longer it favours Gagano because we know how much heart and determination he's got. I think Balor's going to get frustrated. Frustration might lead to a mistake for Gagano to capitalise on. Absolutely, yeah. But, you know, with Finn Balor, he's not come back to NXT to lose matches. You know, he defeated R. Dragunov. He's defeated Jordan Devlin. You know, he's he's not here to put people over. He's here to make a statement. But is he wrestling with a game plan, with a wrestler in mind, or is he just trying to wrestle the best that he can? He he, you know, he had a game plan when he chose Johnny Gagano. So he's saying to himself, as long as I wrestle like the Finn Balor and how good I am then I'll be able to get the job done irrespective of who I'm facing. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I think Gagalo's gone into this and he's thinking, right, I'm facing Finn Balor. This is the kind of things that I'm going to check. You know, I think Gagalo's definitely a student of the game in that way as he just does the old kick in the face of Balor. But they're actually looking quite similar. I think Finn Balor's slightly a bit more ripped than Johnny Gagano, but with the short cropped hair and the face fuzz... He's, he's, but Gagano's in fantastic shape. There's not like he's not uh, he's he's not Trent Seven in it, shall we say? Oh no, no. But like I said, Balor is just in like I said, tip top condition. And maybe that's the difference between a WWE superstar and an NXT superstar. Just that little bit more shine as Balor has at the moment. Yeah, and you know Finn Balor could be wrestling five ten minute matches up on the main roster easily, but he's come down here. You know, he's getting his 20, 25-minute matches, which is what you want to see from a wrestler. Do you think people like Cesaro and others are, are watching in envy of Balor being able to have these matches with these types of talent? Well, rumour had it. Rumour has it. That Cesaro was actually going to join NXT or NXT UK. But, you know, I think they are watching in slight envy of what you can achieve when you're allowed to wrestle. Whereas, you know, up on the main roster, there's certain things that vary quite a bit as opposed to wrestling here in NXT. Yeah, and I think Balor maybe got a little bit fed up with that and the grind and the kind of faceless audience. Even with NXT, even though it's like... It's Are you arena. saying ground in an Irish accent or grind? <laughs> grind. He's on the grind. He's on the grind. I'm trying to get up. Uh, so, no, as in like, you know, he gets frustrated with that. And you said with these, with these kind of places, you can't interact with a fan. You can in NXT. I know it's in a big arena, but like the full style and stuff like that, you can get a reaction uh, and I think some wrestlers thrive on that as well, you know. Not that saying it, it, you shouldn't be able to do that. I'm sure he can, but... One thing, do you think Finn Balor took a pay cut to go back to NXT? Or do you think he's on if similar money? If they're uh, a proper brand now, so to speak, then are the NXT guys getting... Like I said, that would be an interesting question to see the difference in pay, because I'm sure Balor is probably getting paid the main roster do you think Balor's getting paid most out of anyone in NXT? Yeah, I think without a doubt. I think when you consider merchandise as well. I think Gagano's probably not doing too bad. But it'd be interesting because, yeah, like I said, some of the guys are signed on development deal. And both men, just after the kind of technical start, wow. using speed. Yeah, and Johnny Gagano with just a simple spear to take Finn Balor down. But do you think that's kind of what's sweetening the deal for Johnny Gagano staying in NXT? Do you think, well, you can go up to the main roster. Oh, Vince McMahon says, I want him on the main roster, damn it. And Triple H is saying, look, I'll pay you what they're paying. They would pay you if you stay in NXT. I, I, I think you're right. You know, And I think, look at the biggest star in NXT. You know, Finn Balor's a guy who went up. The Universal Championship reign didn't work. And it looked like they've fallen out of faith for NXT. Gagano doesn't want that. Here he's treated, look at the love and respect he gets. He doesn't want to be losing to Apollo Crews in two seconds in the main event. You know, and I think he doesn't want to be wrestling Mojo Rawley. Exactly. You know what I mean? He wants to, he wants to compete. And I, and I think... With Gagano, he's always been told he couldn't, and I'm sure he'd want to prove himself one day. 
as both men find themselves on the outside. Gagano's got a look in his eyes. Well, but Finn Balor comes charging back towards him, hits a swing blade on Gagano to the outside. The thing I love about Johnny Gagano is he's always got told he's never big enough. He was never big enough to be anything. He was just a cruiserweight. When he signed, he was just signed up to 205 Live as like a faceless... Like frozen, James. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's crazy. And now he finds himself in this position. Well, not a great position right now because Finn Balor is on top of him. But Balor's another guy who seems motivated now, seems hungry and intense. This is a Balor we saw in NXT. And this is what we, when we first bought, started the podcast. Absolutely, yeah. Um, do you think this is going to be something that changes once Vince McMahon's kind of not as much in charge of WWE? You know, once he kind of takes a step back and realises that, you know, I'm getting too old for this. And then, you know, someone fresh face like Triple H takes over and he's kind of giving the smaller guys a lot more opportunities to come through. And then, you know, that'll be the time when Finn Balor and, well, Johnny Gagano especially goes up. Well, I, I think, yeah, I think what we're looking at is a different time now where size doesn't matter maybe as much as it did back in the day. Uh, and hopefully that's it with Triple H and anybody, they'll as well. But it's, it's all about opportunity. It's all about, at this moment of time, like it's, it's backstage, speak to the right people, making sure you don't make any mistakes and... And then next year, I feel like Triple H might just like let him get on with it. Whereas the WWE is so rigid, it might be difficult. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing to see. We might be wrong about that. You know, it might be. But then, you know, we were saying about Paul Heyman, where he's taken control of Raw. He's kind of got his favourites, which are, you know, Andrade. He's got his, and they're all smaller guys as well. So, you know, do you think that might be Heyman trying to, push the smaller guys as well as Triple H, you know, I think they're on a similar page. I think it is, and I think another thing is, is look at stars, you know, as in, when's the last, you know, we, we can't keep, well, I say we as a whole for WWE, they can't keep bringing out the same old, same old every time, and, and having these guys, Gagano, Balor, mid-card in events, it's not fair to them, it's not fair to everybody, these guys have got personality, regardless of size, to be able to tell a story, and they're not being able to because it's the same people. It's uh, it's at the moment, you know, you've got the, the Goldbergs and the Untakers coming back. In a, in a couple of few years' time, it will be the, the Triple H's. And Edge, we thought Edge would come back. Instead of building stars, they're relying on old people coming back and having one more run. Do you know what I mean? And it worries me that they're going to keep, you know, oh, here comes Hogan again. Let's get Austin out of retirement for him. And saying, look at what we got. Let's build there. Because you can argue the last great star, it's a completely different argument, that WWE built. Maybe the Shield, but definitely John Cena. Apart from that, oh, well, absolutely, yeah. Well, Randy Orton as well. But on the level to the Rock and Austin and Triple H, you know, like the kind of you would say Randy, but Randy Orton's had to get there the hard way. Where Cena was kind of he's earned what he's got. But if Randy Orton faced the Rock, if he faced an Austin, if he faced Cena, you would think Orton would be on the losing end, you know. And that's what it means. You've got to have it competitive against each other as well. That's what makes Balor and Gagano so good because you've got two guys, again, like Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, want to be number one and they're standing each other's way. But this match, it's been kind of uh, backwards and forwards. Neither man has had a clear-cut advantage. But Johnny Gagano got hung up on the top rope. Finn Balor with a dragon screw leg whip. And he's, uh, I think he's injured his arm. But, you know, Balor's always going to fight through. You know, he won the Universal title with a dislocated shoulder. Well, I doubt it. Maybe the shoulder that's causing him a little bit of trouble now will be bad memories. And I think he's be using that to focus his attack on Johnny Gagano. I think all the bitterness and the hill cats we see now is built from the Universal title run, 
losing to Bobby Lashley for fucking at least 25 weeks. At least 32 weeks. You know, so it's all that kind of stuff. And he's using it against Gagano. And now he's just got leg. Like I said, these two guys are just match move for move. I think Balor's got a bit of a submission move worked in, but Johnny Gagano doing his best he can, trying to fight out, looking for a cross arm breaker. And the, it's interesting, the crowd, you know, yeah, they're chanting, but they almost don't want to boo for Finn Balor because they respect him. He's like the first love. Yeah. You know, without Finn Balor, there might not have been a Johnny Gagano. So they go, well, we don't really want to. So you're admitting it then? You're admitting it? Finn Balor paved the way for Johnny Gagano, hence he's better, hence I won the argument on the great debate. I think we argued the other way around. I think I was arguing that. Yeah. So now you agree with me. So yeah, I'm happy with that. (laughs) Either way. And now Balor's got Gagano caught in a corner. He's got him in his crosshairs. Is this the Finn Balor that could have AJ Styles soon down the line? I think this Balor could accomplish a lot more than... um, the old Finn Balor, I think the team at AJ Styles, even a match between the two, again, story told right, I think would be brilliant. But this Balor in NXT, I mean, you've gone for Balor to win, so where do you see Balor as he's focused on Lego Garno in the next few months? You see him moving straight back to WWE? Or? I, don't, I think he's going to stay in NXT for a little while longer. Um, you know, you kind of don't know what his next plan is after Johnny Gagano, you know, depending on how this match will go. If Johnny Gagano does get the victory by some fluke, hook or crook, then Finn Balor's obviously going to want another rematch. You know, he's going to want to have a match again against Johnny Gagano to try and prove he's the best. I think he's just got one step at a time with Finn Balor. And it's not Goldie. It's kind of taking people out that he believes is too big for their boots in NXT. So do you see his next kind of feud after this? Because I think this will be the end. Or maybe not. But, you know, do you see him starting to put another personal feud with someone? Or Because the thing is, we, we said about the women earlier... This match maybe be a number one contendership match when you consider it. Potentially, yeah. You know, these are the next two biggest guys. I think uh, Dijakovic and Keith Lee, they're kind of happy in the middle of it, out of the title picture for the time being. But, you know, we could well be looking at the next challenger for the NXT Championship. Without doubt. And Gagarin nearly caught Balor there with a flash pin. But as he went to use the leg, Balor caught it. And he's got him locked up, focusing on Johnny Gagano's legs. <clears throat> And he's trying to, or maybe he's trying to focus to take away the speed and the quickness of Gagano. You might argue, you know, power-wise, Balor might have it, but I think Gagano been a quicker man. And at this moment in time, in all sorts of trouble. But the thing is for Gagano, if he loses this, where's next for him? Does he move up to the main roster? I don't think. Oh, I wouldn't see him moving up for the to the main roster. I see Gagano winning this, and then heading towards takeover in a maybe an NXT title match against Chumper or Adam Cole, depending on who But then how for. many times do you want to see them three, you know, with Finn Balor, at least if, with him getting the victory and him challenging for the title? It's a different direction than the direction that we've been seeing for the past yeah, couple of years. I suppose so. We probably will get a DIY reunion. DIY versus Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. And now Gagano has got Balor. Injured his knee as he went for the neck breaker. Plants him face first, kick to the head. Balor up to his feet, but gets clotheslined down as quick as he was up. And that is what Gagano is all about. Even with an injury, even when he's not 100%, we'll keep fighting. Balor goes to the outside for Sanctuary. Again. Here comes Gagano. Diving through at Balor. He gets caught. Looking for the 1916 on the way for Finn Mats, but Gagano manages to escape, pushes Balor back first into the steel steps. And Gagano knows how dangerous that move is as he tries to get some feeling back in that leg. And he's perched on the edge of the ring apron. Got Balor in his sights. 
Oh! A rolling senton takes out Balor. I don't know if Gagano's trailing leg there hit the stairs or something like that. It definitely had some impact. I think that was just a splat on the mat. Honestly, that sounds like a gunshot if it was. I don't know how thin those mats are. Listen to it earlier in the podcast. But they are now. They're just mere millimetres thick. And hey, it's a... Get to rewind back. Go on, you rewind back. <laughs> yeah, rewind back, goddammit. <laughs> Ain't you, bitch. Forming monkey. No, he missed the still oh, stairs. Oh, he did, man. So we've seen a replay. I can confirm it was just a splat of the bodies. As now both men... Oh! Well, Johnny Gagano with his springboard spear through the second ropes. Into a cover, but no, Balor managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Looks like these two men are, well, I guess the majority of it calling it on the fly, which makes snatches well if you feel more comfortable. Absolutely, yeah, you know, it's not all planned out. They're like, right, you know, you stay in control for a bit, work me down, I'll get back, you know, and it's it's good, you know. It's Johnny, he's got determination. Finn Balor, he's kind of underestimated what Johnny Gagano can deliver, which is, again, telling a good story. Well, Stone Cold used to do that. He used to fill the crowd, and when something was going their way or not, they better switch up. A guy who never did that was a macho man, Randy Savage, who literally wrote word for word what each move would be, and if you changed it, you would hear about it after the match. <laughs> which, again, both great wrestlers, both different styles. There's Balor, 1916 again, but Gagano managed to escape it. And Balor now just reversed DDT Gagano down, went for the cover. But luckily, Gagano managed to kick out. Uh-huh. Balor looks good tonight, looks motivated. That's not a good sign. I like to see Balor crawl under the ring, come out with his like full <laughs> face painted as a demon. So, yep, Johnny's fucked. But this is all thanks to Bray Wyatt. Why is it thanks to Bray Wyatt? Because Bray Wyatt beat Finn Balor, or the Fiend beat Finn Balor, didn't he? And knocked him all the way back to NXT. Well, has Bray got a history of doing this with people? He has, yes. He's, <laughs> he shaved the head of Daniel Bryan, turned him back to the Yes movement. Seth Rollins turned him back to the Heal he was. It's kind of a reset, reset to default mode. Well, there we go. So it looks like it, this is exactly what Finn Balor wanted. Maybe there's a few wrestlers that could do that as well. As Balor looks at the suicide dive to the outside, but gets caught with a super kick. Look at no throwing Balor back into the ring. Looking to springboard over the top for that DDT, but no. Is it? Looking for the 1916 again. But no! And Finn Balor was like the javelin, and the turnbuckle was like the javelin catcher there, James. Well, Gagano set him in, but Balor's up to his feet with a boot. Gagano responds with a kick. Pele kick from Balor, and Gagano falls onto oh. Finn into a cover, but only a two count. Two. Shoo. Well, sometimes it's how you fall, I find out. And again, fans appreciating what they're seeing here. You don't really see so much of that on the main roster pay-per-views, do you? Well, we still haven't had a five-star match from main roster, I don't think, in such a long time, whereas takeovers always seem to deliver one. I think we almost had one early on in the night. We'll see if this can go out. I say go out of its way to try and get it. It's still a great match. Absolutely, yeah. Certainly holding up, you know, again... Guys, they seem determined to get the victory over the other one. You know, Johnny Gagano wants to prove that he's up to the levels of a main roster talent like Finn Balor, and Finn Balor's desperate to prove that Johnny Gagano isn't, and he, you know, that's why he is in NXT. And it's an easy story to tell as well, and that's what makes it so good as both men trade now forearms on the apron. These two men just slugging it out. Well, you normally see this in the middle of the ring, not over the ring ropes, and both men using the ring to step up in Seguri. Both men hitting it successfully and then both down. Oh, Gagano went for the jumping uh, spear here but got caught. A springboard spear battle drapes him over the top rope. You can see the coup de grace to the back. No, Gagano manages to get out of the way. Hits his to DDT over the top rope. Two. No. Battle managing to get... Uh. 
Gagano managing to hook the leg, but still not enough. This is the first time I've seen Finn Balor like this since he was last in NXT. Honestly, he's, he's a different Finn Balor. But do you think it's part and part, and I might get some stick for this, it's because how good Johnny Gagano is as well, bringing it out of him? Well, you know, Johnny Gagano wasn't around when... Well, he was around, but he wasn't facing Finn Balor when F- Balor was first in NXT. I, think, I just think it's the freedom to do things the NXT way as opposed to doing it the main roster way and under Vince McMahon's tutelage. And now look at these. Look at this. Both men using the ropes to get up. And we're going to have a stare down across from each other. And that's kind of like, right, we gave it everything we got. We're still pretty equal. Balor grits his teeth and runs towards Gagano. Well, let's give it some more. Both men running the ropes. Neither man hitting anything successfully. And a huge Lano knocks Balor down. Does that seem right there? Or do they seem like they missed maybe a step? Not a compl- no, I could put well, a again, match. I think it's both men trying to do the same to each person. But Balor quickly up to his feet, hits the swing blade. Gagano tries super kick. Now this could be it. Here comes Balor. No, into a super kick from Gagano. Looking for the DIY kick. No, Balor up again. Swing blade. Kick to the corner. Johnny drop zone for the coup de gras. Come on, Finn. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Well, this is how he won his NXT Championship. It doesn't use that move that often now. Well, he uses a setup now for the 1916. Johnny moving out of the way. And now Gagano spins around. Gagano escape. He's got Balor in the ring. Come on, tap. He's not going to tap. Tap, Gagano's He's not going to tap. Gagano's got him. He's not going to tap. Battle's got no choice. Finn is fine. <laughs> Finn is fighting. The Gagano rolls him through. Yes, come on. No, no, no. He's not going to go. He's not going to go. Battle's going. Battle can escape. Roll him up, Finn. Roll through. Double foot stomp. And he put everything into that as well. You can think you see them out of Johnny Gargano. 1916, no. Back yes. into the Gagano escape. <laughs> Gagano's got it in. Balor in all sorts of trouble. Don't tap, Finn. Tap. Don't tap. Tap. Don't. Referee checking. Balor's still trying to fight. Balor saying nope. Drags him and Johnny Gagano to the bottom rope. No. And you can see the rope marks underneath the uh, underneath the armpit of Balor. And Gagano can't believe it. Well, Gagano's hit Balor with his best shot unsuccessfully. No, no, Chumper needs to come out and help. <laughs> Get rid of Battle that way. Yeah, I'll happily, happily settle for a DQ in Battle's favour. Do it. Come on, Chumper. Come out. I dare you. And what the hell is Gagano doing? He's got his sights set on Finn Battle. Oh! Kicks him back first into Barricade. What's Johnny thinking? Well, some of the crowd booing, which don't see it often, but Gagano's embraced his dark side before. He's got no problem doing it again. But that's the thing with Johnny Gagano. Once he gets that idea into his head, more often than not, comes off unsuccessful, James. We saw it with Chompa. Now what's Gagano going to do? He's going to throw Balor in and try and pin him? Or use the announce table? Well, James, I think he's going for the latter. And I think with Johnny Gagano, he's going to come unstuck. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. But Balor plants Gagano onto the announce table. And as I was saying, come unstuck. Oh, Gagano's in a bit of trouble now, but Balor is taking his time. And why is Balor getting on the other announce table for? Gagano's get to his feet. Oh! <laughs> well, anything you can do to me, I can do better, James. And that was a seated dropkick sending Gagano off the announce table, back first into Barricade. Oh, my God. Ek mine got. <laughs> and Balor sending Gagano in. Oh, no. 
Johnny drop zone. Coup de gras. And I don't think he's finished uh, just yet. Look how happy the crowd are. Well, James, what happens after the coup de gras? Oh, go home. Bastards. How dare they boo Johnny Gagano. Come on, Finn. Stop fucking showboating. You haven't won the match yet, yeah, mate. Yeah, see, fucking around. And now trying for about the fifth time to get him up. 19, 16, 1, 2, 3. And that 3, James. That 3. You know what that means, didn't you? What does it mean, Dan? It means 3 points to how many? 1. To 1. So yes. it's not 3 points to 2. So the first thing you bring up, right, I win constantly and I never mention it, but the first <laughs> thing you bring up when you say it is the points. What I mean, let's talk about the match first, shall we? What did you think of that? Absolutely fucking brilliant. Again, both guys on top of their game. At this current moment in time, Finn Balor looks unstoppable. And you can't deny that. You know, he's taken everything that Johnny Gagano managed to dish out. He's proved that he's not here for a good time. He's here for a long time. Without a doubt, Balor is back to his best. And to finish off Gagano like that after a hellacious match. I mean, don't get me wrong, maybe it wasn't a classic. But both men delivered. And after the coup de grace... Garno really had no choice. And yes, Dan, it means free after the third match. you free for free. It's 3-1. So I need to go on different to you twice to just salvage a draw in the next three. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but Finn Balor wins this matchup. So with Finn there, is he ready for an NXT championship? Or is he ready to just keep doing what he's doing? Well, I think, you know, someone's going to step up to him to try and make a point. To prove, you know, I think Johnny Gagano, he put in a valiant effort, but he came up just too short. Finn Balor, I think he's up there next to make a statement against anyone and everyone. And a Velveteen Dream, possibly. Well, speaking of Velveteen Dream, he'll be on our next NXT update when he faces Roderick Strong. And of course, the rest of you have got a big night because Adam Cole calls faces Tommaso Ciampa. But we've also got the NXT Tag Team Championships on the line as well, and of course, Carla Riley and Bobby Fish going against uh, your two favourites. No, my picks from the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, baby. <laughs> Who did they, did they get knocked out in the first round, or was that your team? That was, that was my team. Right, did they get knocked team. out in the semis? Yes, uh, no, no. Oh, I get to the well, final. Like it, it's, it's not actually the Dusty, it's not actually the Tag Team Championship next. It is the NXT Championship on the line, the women's. Time to shine here on NXT. Black history in the making. Bianca Belair going against the champion who's on a tear, Rhea Ripley. And uh, what a... I, I say what a build-up to this. Rhea Ripley has been on fire. Ever since Survivor Series, ever since being a, uh, winning the team, winning war games, look back. And beating Basler was probably one of the greatest reactions to someone winning the championship on NXT. Her challenger Bianca Belair won a battle royal, which again you could say, yeah, but we did watch it. Belair, fair play to her for winning it. But again, I still think, is this really the best matchup we could get? You know, I mean, as well, James, if you look at our alternatives, it could have been against Shayna Baszler. So I think it is the best. You know, Bianca Belair, for what she's worth, you know, she has been one hell of a performance. You know, going back to the Royal Rumble, joint most eliminations. She was, you know, one of the longest times in there as well. Absolute stellar performance. Um, 
going against Rhea Ripley, a woman who's on an absolute monster row. I think these are the two biggest women in NXT at the moment. Well, what a great match it should be then, Rhea Ripley. Credit to her. But we shouldn't look past Bianca Belair. Prediction-wise, Dan, who have you gone for in this matchup? Oh, Rhea Ripley. I, too, have gone Rhea Ripley in this matchup. Why Ripley for them? I think she's on such a good roll. I don't think it's going to be a walkover for Ripley. I think Bianca Belair is going to give as good as she gets. But Rhea Ripley, she's the hottest thing in NXT at the moment. So, you know, you kind of go with what's hot. Keith Lee, him being a North American champion, it's what's hot. Rhea Ripley being women's champion, it's what's hot at the moment as well. Will Charlotte Flair be watching closely backstage, do you reckon, or at home? To this match, think I, she's worried about, you know, if she's going to go for the NXT title? I think she shouldn't. Well, I think, I don't know, because NXT is so good, I think she shouldn't be going for the NXT Women's Championship, personally. But, you know, it's to kind of keep Charlotte relevant. I, I think she's got half an eye on this match. You know, she'd be silly to take either of these women, whoever comes out victorious, lightly. Yeah, but again, like Finn Balor, she's been there and done that. So, like you said, she's probably not going to sweat someone like Ray Ripley, which I think Ripley could be a huge challenge. And it's great to see someone again who's not kind of four horse women or related to that. Or uh, Ripley's got a completely different look. And as a face, you know, because we saw her as a heel in NXT UK. And I think we ever thought we should make it as a face, but there's something about her again, isn't there, you know? Absolutely, yeah. You know, she's someone that can keep their fans in the palm of her hand. And, you know, character work as well from Ray Ripley, you know, taking... Aside from what she can deliver in the ring. Do you think because we think she's a badass in that way? Like, I think she could beat up most people who come across her. I think that's the kind of... The look about her is pretty cool. We don't really see much of that. But then, you know, we saw that in Nikki Cross before she came up. And look what happened there. We saw that in Oscar before she went up. And look what happened there. Bello has to upset the apple cart, so to speak. She wants to get the job done. What does she have to do to put Ripley away? Because obviously Ripley's been on a roll. Um, I think... Bianca Belair has got strength advantage over Rhea Ripley. Not much, but I think there's a slight advantage in strength for Belair. I think she needs to use that in her favour. And just don't underestimate Rhea Ripley. Well, it's great to see a second women's match as well on TakeOver. Sometimes it's not enough of that where I think the strength in depth. The NXT, UK, uh, the NXT women's division has... Isn't it, you know? Absolutely, yeah. It's up there with competing with the women's division on WWE. I mean, there's not really so much a weak link in the NXT women's roster, you know, through NXT UK and NXT. Whereas Raw and SmackDown, I think there's a few weak links that, you know, if so, someone's going up against the likes of Lana or, yeah. you know, the likes of Carmella now or Dana Brooke, you know, you know that they're going to get an easy victory. Whereas with these, Kaylee Ray, I mean, you know, you thought you would have taken her lightly. You thought she would have been a walkover, but she got the victory. Yeah, I think without doubt, I think with something like Bianca Belair, one thing working for her, she's got the confidence. She thinks she's the best, you know. Ask her, she'll tell you how good she is. And I think she's not worried about someone like Ray Ripley because, like I said, she looks at the power. She thinks she can match it. Speed, maybe the same as well. Experience, you know, it has to probably be about the same. But Belair, she's kind of like a machine that just keeps on going. Like I said, it rumbles about her royals. She gets stronger as it goes along as well. There is definitely a kind of... Um, Blair, is, you know, this is obvious to say, she's definitely going to be a champion in her time in NXT and WWE. The question is, is the time now, or is it Ray Ripley's time to just say, right, I'm on the road to WrestleMania and you're just a roadblock? Well, again, you know, I think with Bianca Belair, the, the enjoyment for her is you keep seeing her, you know, you see her putting a set of performance at the Rumble, you still are winning the Battle Royal. I think 
the chase with Bianca Belair is well. Fans over, you know, she's overcome so many different obstacles. It wouldn't surprise me if she's in Elimination Chamber and she wins that to get an opportunity for the championship as well. Yeah, there's no doubt, you know, both these women, extremely talented as Ripley, is just trying to keep Belair at harm's way, first and foremost, here, working over in the corner. Rhea Ripley, let's not forget, she's 23 years old. I mean, that is the future, right, you know, Rhea Ripley is just one of these, he's just taken it so good, you know, NXT UK champion, NXT champion, every promotion she's been, she's won it, and you can definitely see her on the main roster, if used right. Again, we don't want to see her being jobbed out to Carmella every number one contendership or something like that, you know, they've got to, if they're going to, she's going to be moved up, she's got to be used like she is now. That's what's making Ray Ripley work so well. Absolutely, yeah, and that's what the fans are loving, you know, they know that she's a legitimate badass. And we've seen kind of, with Ripley, it's not like I want a long streak, but I haven't seen we haven't seen many face champions, you know. Like even Oscar, she had the attitude about it, didn't she? Baszler's had the attitude. I want to see someone that's yeah is a fighting champion, but can maybe have a little bit of fun with it. And I think you know with Rare Ripley, that's what kind of sets her apart from the different people that are doing the face and heel turns. I mean, you know, she's still got exactly the same mannerisms, exactly the same personality she was when she was a face and a heel. Mm. So. It's good, and it's what works for her. You know, she can be the same person either way. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, and another thing as well, just seeing the, the cravat that Belair's got, she has improved tremendously. Like NXT is still a development league in that way, and Belair, in the past year or so, has come on leaps and bounds in what she can do. Like I said, be able to uh, actually put forward a match and be a part of it rather than just being carried all the time. And she's using her strength now to just try and wear down Ripley. And snaps her neck back. Standing moonsault into the cover. Is that just a one count? One. It's good. It takes a lot to put Ray Ripley down. We've seen it before. But this new Ray Ripley, maybe it's going to take even more. As Blair now with a suplex. No, Ripley managing to fight out of it. I don't know if that was a suplex or a jackhammer attempt. It didn't look nice. It looked like Ray Ripley landed on her side. Yeah. What did I just say, Blair? You make me look a fool. Like a fool. Well, it is still a developmental league, James, so well, there's going to be little hiccups here and there. They're still so young, you know, Belair and Ripley. And they're, they're put in a difficult position as well, because they're just right after... Yeah, obviously, fans got excited. But, of course, the NXT crowd will always get behind you. And again, a 50-50 split, half going for Ripley, half going for the EST of NXT. Belair, super kick to the gut, and a back body drop. And now can Ripley get back into this one, build some momentum, clothesline, take a Belair down. And another one turns it around now, grabs her the cravat herself. Knees to the head. A drop kick to Belair as she was just sat upright. And there's no doubt Ripley likes dishing out punishment. You can see it in the face. Now she's got Bianca up in the electric chair. And Belair in all sorts of trouble now. Ooh. Plants her face first, turns her over into a cover. No. no. Just a two count. Two. And Belair now in serious trouble. We've seen Ray Ripley use this before. The inverted cloverleaf. And Belair's got nowhere to go at this moment in time. She's spanking her as well. It looks like she's just, yeah, slapping her. Belair rolling through, a couple of kicks to the head. And pushes Ray off, shoulder first into the ring post. One thing we haven't seen in a while, hair versus hair match. I was just thinking that, looking at Bianca Belair's hair. That would be great if she'd actually put that on the line. Imagine she lost that, you know. Oh my God, but I say she might lost. She might have won the Women's Championship. Huge spinebuster Ripley, but no, managing to kick out. Ah. Uh. Into a second attempt, and again, Ripley managing to kick out. Uh, and now Belair getting a little bit frustrated, but if she's watched any of Ray Ripley recently, that the heart and determination of champion, one of my favourite lines that I use, is right there with Ray Ripley 
And now Belair picking her up, sending her back in the corner. And that's the thing I like about Bianca Belair. She will just try and run right through you. That's, 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 that's the basic strategy of, you're in my way. I'm going to take you down. Oh. He slapped from Ripley to Belair, though. But Bianca responded in kind. Oh. Jesus. And the expressions on each woman's face. <laughs> we got a slap off. Certainly is a slap fest. Looks like Ripley got the one-upment from that. Oh. But Belair with a hair strike to the midsection. Well, apart from Joey Reiner's penis, that is the uh, the hardest bit of body extension you can have. And now look at the power, Dan. Look at the power. Belair deadlift. Plants Ripley face first into the mat. And Ripley's in serious trouble. And Belair, can she seize the day? Carpe diem. And a huge aunt. They believe in her. Handspring moonsault. Ripley with the knees up. Knees up, my friend. Oh, no, no. She's got Belair. Riptide. But Belair with a backslide. The KOD attempt. But Ripley managing to escape that. Now both women got so, you know, such dangerous finishes. You've got to be careful. Leapfrog Belair tries it again. But Ripley with a foot up. Oh. Belair with the spear. That's how you do a spear, Matt Riddle. Have a watch at that. And then maybe do that in your next match. Which but, is probably coming up next. Yeah, which will be. Yeah. Well, it might not be as flashy as uh, what we've seen earlier. But both women definitely putting it all on the line. We're <laughs> just hitting each other wherever they can. <clears throat> Clubbing blows to each other's backs. And now Belair, Irish whip to Ray Ripley. He turns it around, looking for an axe kick, misses, but hits a super kick to the chest. And a huge forearm to Ripley. And now can Belair pick her up? No, Ripley's fighting. Bianca with a hair whip. Ripley with the kick. Now Ripley with looking her eyes, running towards Belair. Oh! Flips her over. Landed mostly on her feet, but slipped to her backside. Oh, Belair unsure, but she looks like she's going to go flying. She needs to do anything and everything to get this victory. <laughs> Did Ripley manage to catch her and plant her down into the mat? Well, both women just in a heap. <laughs> flying over the top. Didn't even hit it. That was... Oh, she did hit the rope in the end <laughs> with a leg. Didn't even hit... Oh, she oh, did. she did hit it. And takes Ray Ripley out. Ripley there, a bit short on the landing. Tries to send Ripley into the um, apron. Oh, Ripley sending Belair rib first into the steel steps. And Pixar just throws her down in the ring. And Belair looking to get safe, but Ripley just holding on. Belair managing to kick her off. Low bridges Ripley, who manages to land on her feet. And Ripley now just fighting for her life. Now the NXT Women's Championship, NXT Championship is on the line. See that? Ripley looking at the crowd's got an idea. And she's not, surely. Don't call me Shirley. But Belair's managing to hold on. He's trying to suplex her to the outside. Now it's Belair's turn to try and suplex Ray Ripley to the inside. He's fighting off. It's a stalemate thus far. Huge headbutt by Ripley. She's on the top now with Belair. Sunset flip looking for the powerbomb. Belair holding on for dear life though. Oh my god, Belair's got hold of... Belair's got caught by Ripley off the second rope. Riptide. One, two, three. And just like that. Just like that. Ripley saw her a moment there and took advantage of that. Not a bad match, though. Uh, I, I feel maybe a little bit more time. I think that was probably the shortest match of the night. Absolutely, yeah. It did seem like it was over quickly. Both these women, they flowed very well. There was the odd little hiccup 
here and there, but you know, you're willing to overlook it. Both these women are still so young and got a hugely bright future ahead of them. Without a shadow of a doubt, great performance. And again, it's nice to see wrestling or women's wrestling in NXT, which is not Vazla. Uh, and you know, like I said, Ripley took the moment, but Belair definitely deserves a shot down the road. I would say maybe she needs to kind of um, gather, you know, forks and, and maybe try again. But Ripley wins, and she is on a roll at the moment. Oh! Well, we did mention at the start of the match, we have a Charlotte Flair be watching. And she was, and she's made an appearance just as Rao Ripley was getting her hand held high by the referee. Well, we don't know what's next for Belair. We know for Ripley, if I'm right, Charlotte with the attack. She's got the microphone. Certainly had a lot more work done, didn't she? She had loads of work done. If that or Ric Flair's had an even more work done. Oh! Wow, Charlotte's chosen Rhea Ripley and her title at WrestleMania. What a huge matchup for NXT. Oh. Natural selection, just to add insult to injury. What a huge match for NXT. Charlotte Flair back in NXT with the gold in her hand looking to try and beat Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Again, one story ends and another one begins. Ray Ripley's going to have the biggest challenge of her young career. You can't argue with that. That's a good story told. You can't now. Um, fair play. And I think this is, again, now hopefully we're going to see the Charlotte Flair from NXT as opposed to the one that's been ruining the main roster. Without a doubt. Well, we've got two matches left and there's no doubt the next two are going to be all about the Undisputed Era. But Dan, you're right. After, we should do points. Isn't it weird? I forgot about them. After, you always forget about them. Oh, no, wait. What's Charlotte doing to Belair? Oh. Well, she's making a statement with Bianca as well. Uh, Bianca's not happy about that. And disrespecting her. Well, Charlotte's the last woman laughing. She has changed so much. She, you get a side-by-side picture of her when she was first <laughs> in NXT. She used to look like uh, Simone Johnson, for God's sake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how much work she's had done. Uh, yeah, poor two. Four two two matches left. So I'm guaranteed a point. Is that what you're saying, James? I'm I'm not saying that. I am what guaranteed a point. Dan, you are two away from a perfect score. I am and two away. Another bonus score. point. So that bonus point again. You know this this could be a point in two different columns for me. And if it was, well, we get on to, we get onto the scores at the end. But yeah, it's all about the undisputed era next, and it's time for Dan to take the piss out of me about the Dusty Classic. Dan. What have you thought of the build-up to Undisputed Era Colorado Bobby Fish versus the Broserweights? Pete Dunne and Matt. Well, you know, with the uh, Undisputed Era, it's all come about with the prophecy and it coming true. You know, all members holding the gold. But that has kind of changed slightly with Roddy Strong dropping his North American title to Keith Lee. And with the Bro... This is about an odd pairing, you know, somebody never smiles against uh, teaming up with an absolute toss pot. Matt Riddle, um, you know, it's it's been, been a good story with these two guys, uh, you know, coming, winning the Dusty Road Tag Team Classic for me, and, you know, the bros awaits, I hope they don't last much longer. Well, they've got matching t-shirts, they've got matching t-shirts, like I said, you fluke the Dusty Classic somehow, we won't talk about my picks, and Matt Riddle's got the microphone, could it get any better than this? Bro. Bro. How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? As much fish as Bobby Fish could fry. Bobby Fish could fry fish. Fish? Please, let's not start that as a uh, as a thing. Well, James, you said please don't let this be a thing, but they've had the lyrics up on us. And I saw you mouthing along to it as well, James. I know you wouldn't like to admit it. I the fucking words. You pressed the mute button on um, your mic so you could talk along with Matt Riddle. 
why they keep continuing it for us. And also, you know, one thing that's annoying me, right? They've got this stupid fucking WWE type thing with Bobby Fish, but their names, where their standings, incorrect. Pete Dunne should be on that side, Matt Riddle should be on that side. Anyway, it doesn't matter, the match has started. Well, the other people are going to have to start fighting. And prediction-wise, uh, in this one, it's me. I have gone for and new tag team champions, the Broserweights. So you are hoping that I have gone for the Undisputed Era to keep their titles. Otherwise, I am guaranteed a pay-per-view point on NXT. For the first time this year. For the first time this year. But James, I have gone for the Broserweights. So Broserweights, but they're in a bit of trouble at the early going because there's not a better tag team than the Undisputed Era. And like I said, we got to the Dusty Classic. Undisputed Era were in the Dusty Classic. Of course, got eliminated thanks to uh, Imperium, but they're here now put the tag team titles on the line. How great have the Unspooted ever been for the tag team division in NXT in the past couple of years, do you reckon? How they important? have been thoroughly entertaining. You know, we had the Roderick Strong stand-in for Bobby Fish for a brief while, but then the Unspooted Era kind of regained their titles. And it's been O'Reilly and Fish ever since. Um, is this kind of like the beginning of the end of Undisputed Era for NXT? It feels weird if they do it, they're going to go against a makeshift team. And exactly, I've gone for them as well. But it feels like if this is the end of the Undisputed Era, it's going to come to this. Like, surely... Don't call me Shirley. A proper tag team should have been the ones to actually get the job done. I mean, I like the story of Keith Lee. But really, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne? You know, as individuals, these two guys are probably, you know, uh, important. But as a tag team, like I said, where can it go? So would you rather have seen Tommaso Ciampa coming up short? And then the tag team titles off of Undisputed Era? Well, we'll add your proper tag team as well. And there's not many in X. We talk about how strong the women's division is. Maybe the tag team is the weakest. But it has been for quite some time. And even the Dusty Classic has been used to put these kind of makeshift teams together. Don't get me wrong, though. It's fucking brilliant to see Pete Dunne in a ring at TakeOver again, you know? Absolutely, fucking lootly yes. One of our magnificent seven, of course, will be keeping you up to date with all of the seven. Well, I mean, you know, they did have a, a couple of established tag teams... In the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic. Like, you know, let's let's go, for example, um, just off the top of my head, the Time Splitters. I'm trying to promote our next episode, which is Magnificent Seven, where we've got seven of the best. But no, you, you keep going about Dusty Classic. Pete Dunn now, though, might go up the rankings if he is to get a victory here tonight. And he's got Kyle O'Reilly in an uncomfortable position. Oh, stomps on the back of the bicep. <laughs> Well, I'd like to see how he's going to do the Undisputed Era logo with busted fingers, James. And now he picks up Fish. Turns him inside out and absolutely fries him. And now he's got a Riley bit done, start of this. And he's on fire, baby. He's on fire. He's riding the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic victory. Oh, he kicked to a Riley, just explexed him onto his partner, Fish. That's a fish sandwich. <laughs> done. I want to see him break fish fingers. <laughs> Look, we're getting late. It's late. I know it's late. No, we won't do any more, I promise. We will be Fisherman's friend. I wonder how much more he can hake. <laughs> and now Dunn's got him down. Oh, Bobby is floundering around in the ring at the moment. Oh, my God. Well, he's got a bird's eye right on that hand, he has, really. Oh, he's going to break fish fingers. <laughs> now he's breaking fish wrist. Oh, my. Fish ribs. Well, twisting him up like a fish pretzel. Do you think Bobby is like a fish out of water at the moment? Well, at the moment, he needs to get to his corner down. There's no doubt about that. And as we say, that reversing done, catching him in. And we've talked about it. Fish is the guy that is the kind of has to prove himself, the oldest of the Undisputed Era as well. And he takes him into his own corner. And this is where the Undisputed Era are fantastic. Well, that's where they, uh, where they have the ring. 
And do you think it's a bad omen that they've not got Roddy Strong or Adam Cole? I know Adam Cole's preparing for a match, but Roddy Strong at least could be at ringside supporting and maybe assisting, especially you know against a tag team as strong as these two guys. But I think Chumper, of course, in the main event, is such a, a huge opponent. I wouldn't be surprised if Strong is in the corner of Cole, you know, especially in his ear backstage now as they get ready. Well, do you think that's kind of a, a huge part of this? Because, you know, they're not so much worried about losing the tag team titles because, you know, it doesn't affect Cole, the leader of the Undisputed Era, as much. But him losing the NXT Championship will affect him. Yeah, I, I think that's important. I think with Ego, I think the prophecy ending under Keith Lee was the, the, the big kind of shot. Yeah, it would be awful tag teams, but they, they need to walk out of it with any, one NXT Championship. Otherwise, like I said, the Undisputed Era, it might be over. Yeah, and it will be difficult. And, of course, at the moment, Pete Dunne getting worked. So I think keys to victory for Dunne and uh, Riddles. No doubt they're great individuals. They need to work as a team here tonight to beat a team like the Undisputed Era. Absolutely. They certainly need to evade the Undisputed Era corner as well because they have literally barriered off half the ring. And uh, working over Pete Dunne now, who excelled so much energy in kind of taking out O'Reilly and Fish. Well, he got out of submission, managed to catch Fish. And then O'Reilly managed to get the tag in. Like I said, how close he is. And keep advantage. But that was a nice bridge up by Dunn, but he's still in the wrong place. Definitely is in the wrong part of Oregon. But you've got to think Roderick Strong losing the North American Championship, has that put something in the back of Carl O'Reilly and Bobby Fish's mind of maybe we, you know, we, we won't hold the gold for as long as we think. It's just a matter of time. Well, I think they've been riding on the prophecy wave and now the prophecy has indeed been broken. It's kind of putting doubt into Adam Cole included. I think without a doubt. And look at that beautiful double team move by the Unspewed Deer on the outside using the ropes. Yeah, dragon screw leg whip from O'Reilly. And Bobby in for the cover, but Dunn managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Now Pete Dunn is in serious troubles. Bobby Fish continuing attacking that leg. And Dunn, you know, we do talk about his uh, great run NXT UK champion, but American takeovers, you know, he, he needs to kind of come forward as a star in his own right. You know, people probably respect Dunn. But in the big occasion, he needs to come forward at some point. Well, I think he seems to have lost his unstoppability at takeovers. Because, you know, he had that amazing run uh, when he was NXT UK champion. And that's kind of fallen by the wayside. As he was trapped in a corner, Fish holding him. O'Reilly coming in for the big boot to the face. But done pulling Fish in the way and him taking all the brunt of it. Step up in Seguri, takes down Bobby Fish. And now Dunn gets attacked to Riddle. He comes in and he's using his uncovered feet. Ugh. Now just kicks and forearms. He managed to uh, kip up. Broed up, James. Broed up, sorry. And then he broplexed Kyle Riley. Broad arm to Broed For someone who's not a fan, you seem to know an awful lot of his moves. Well, you just put bro in front of the normal name, a bro kick. Just hit a couple of brotons. A broplex. Bro-TS. Remember when that used Broman to be a finisher? suplex, yeah. No, now it's a setup move for Kyle O'Reilly to manage to kick out. Uh, well, again, you know, he's kind of stolen CM Punk's finisher. He stole Goldberg's finisher and made it fucking weak as hell in it as well. I think Riddle's not a, hasn't got as strong a connection as he did have at the start either. For uh, you know, he came in quite bent over a couple of defeats, and he just caught Denis. Well, it's because he's got uncovered defeat. <laughs> well, now Dunn gets a tag, a ripcord knee, and a huge forearm from Dunn. A powerbomb knee into the cover, but no, O'Reilly again. Showed up at two. Two. And the way O'Reilly moves is always, always enjoyable. But we were talking about Dunn earlier, and the question is, with Balor, 
it's a different battle because what happened before we've done has that happened the other way round? has Dunn lost something since then I think he may have done yeah I think that's what we've seen from him as he moonsaults off the top oh Matt Riddle hitting a corkscrew moonsault but O'Reilly with the knees up knees up Mother Brown now Pete Dunn slowly gets to his feet stomps on both the fingers of Fish oh. looks for the kick to the head but Fish ducks it Pete hits the ring post ripcord knee caught by O'Reilly Snap German suplex, Riddle straight out to his feet, looking for another kick. Another snap German suplex, and Riddle straight back up again. Hits the knee, hits a German of his own, into a huge spinning forearm, and then hits the knee, and both men are down. Well, I think Kyle O'Reilly does is pretty good in NXT as a crowd. Definitely getting into this one, Riddle grabs O'Reilly's leg. Well, James, I didn't think you'd ever, I'd ever hear the words O'Reilly and pretty in the same sentence, but... I can't agree with you there. Oh. Matt Riddle with his god-awful spear. He just annoys me watching him, even though Pete Dunn's in the match as well. Spear to O'Reilly. And what happens after the spear, Dan? He rips off another great wrestler's move. Jacks him up. And gets the chop block for his troubles. Oh, my God. Oh. It looked like Matt Riddle had been ejected from a moving Aldham of a heel. <laughs> Oh, but he still gets his shoulder up at two. Two. But that was a literal kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. And now Pete Dunn not around, got bad leg. Can the Unspeed do what they've been doing? The only free time. And let's see tag team champions high low. Uh, Matt Riddle managing to duck it. Hits dual knees to both O'Reilly and Fish. Tags in Pete Dunn. He comes in and just wraps his <laughs> legs around the waist of O'Reilly. Oh, but O'Reilly low, clever. Managed to catch the arm. Max kick to the head, but Dunn's up, hits a huge forearm. Lunatic Lariat, top <laughs> rope, bottom rope, and Pete Dunn straight into the cross-arm breaker. Absolutely beautiful transition. But O'Reilly trying to roll through into the ankle lock, but Pete Dunn reverses it. Ankle lock of his own. Matt Riddle transitions into an ankle lock as well. Dunn's got the uh, grapevine locked in. And now O'Reilly turns it around to a sharpshooter. Unfortunately, it's not by a Canadian oh, in Canada. Wait a minute. Guillotine by Fish on Riddle as well. Riddle looking to suplex him, but Fish jumps on the back. Matt Riddle trying to break the legs <coughs> of Fish. Delivers a knee to O'Reilly, and then electric chair drops Bobby Fish. I just feel we've seen a bit too much of that in NXT. You know, the kind of dual submission and stuff like that, the tag team. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still fun. But there are certain other things, maybe. But... Well, I think it's quite a big aspect of what both Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne do, and as well as Kyle O'Reilly as well. He's a great submission artist. So I think in this match, you know, it would work. Yeah. But a lot of other matches I've seen, yeah, probably a bit excessively. Well, Fish gets the tag, is done, is in a bit of trouble. Pete pushes him chest first into the ring ropes, hits a snap German. Fish fingers again, <laughs> kick to the head. Well, a fish head, and now tagging in Riddle. And Dunn's got fish on his shoulders. Got a doomsday device, perhaps, but no. Fish pushes Pete down into Matt Riddle, crutches him on the top. O'Reilly with a knee straight to the jaw of Dunn. <coughs> Bobby Fish with an exploder suplex. O'Reilly follows him up to the top. Knee to the back of the knee of Matt Riddle. Into a knee bar. Just cranking it back. Riddle screaming in pain. A thing of beauty there by the Unsputed Era. And Bobby Fish keeping Pete Dunn out of the way. Oh, but Dunn's got the fingers. Fish fingers. Oh, oh joint manipulation. 
and then just stomps from the top rope onto the fingers of O'Reilly. Pete Dunne looks like he's going to cry, but he's just psyching himself up. He wants that tag. He's going to come in, and you know what he's going to be? He's going to be a fire, baby. Well, Dunne slowly makes his way into the ring. Kyle O'Reilly with a kick, and a response by Dunne. Punches from Dunne, kicks from (laughs) O'Reilly. Dunne now just slapping, punching, whatever he can do, and again... Pushing Dunn into Riddle. And showing her just the teamwork. Just a little bit off as O'Reilly with a knee. And Dunn's got the fingers and the hand of O'Reilly. He's going to bite it. <laughs> He's going to bite the finger of O'Reilly off. Oh! oh. Joint manipulation. Brutal when he's got O'Reilly. Better end. Better end now. O'Reilly with a standing switch. Dunn with a standing switch. Oh! oh Riddle, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Sends Riddle to the outside, takes him fish, and here they come. Kick, suplex, one, two, no. Fortunately, Pete Dunne has a resilience to stay in this match after Matt Riddle's absolute fuck up. (laughs) Why would Matt Riddle even try to help? Because he's stoned and he don't know what the fuck he's doing. Just that he shouldn't be smoking if you're performing. Or doing a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, I completely agree. And now we're going to look for the high-low and finish off done. But Pete, again, resilient, managing to fight out. German suplex lands on his feet. Riddle with a blind tag. Pop-up kicks to the chest of Dunn. I don't think he realised he's got a tag and knee to fish. Exploded into a powerbomb by Dunn. Kick and knee combination. Riddle's got him up. The bros awake to sleep. One, two, three. <laughs> and we have new tag team champions. Pete Dunn, Matt Riddle, you'll pick a Dusty Classic. I can see your smug fucking look on your face, Dan. What do you reckon? Um, the match was very good. Uh, I think Matt Riddle being an absolute fucking idiot in the matches is kind of going to be the team's undoing, though, because it's not the first time he's fucked up, and I'm sure it won't be the last. But, you know, you've got to play props to the durability of Pete Dunn. He deserves to be holding gold. I mean, you know, it doesn't look right. Pete Dunn coming out without a in his mouth. And, now, you know, this is very important. I'll talk about the match in a second. But this is also very important because winning the tag team titles, what's that do to change in his ranking in the Magnificent Seven? That will be our next episode. And, of course, we'll be talking about who is going to be there. But a huge victory for Pete Dunne. A great matchup as well for these two guys. Yeah, we don't like Riddle. But like I said, the, the seeds are already sown there with the teamwork. That's going to come back down. Let's hope this makes Pete Dunne uh, a, a kind of main event on NXT in this way. He's a champion yet again at the moment. An Undisputed Era, they lost, maybe not to the right team, but is this the end of the Undisputed Era now, or has Adam Cole got to say that? Um, I don't think the Undisputed Era is going to end. That would be absolutely fucking stupid <laughs> if they split up the Undisputed Era. I do think it should change my prediction for the last matchup, but again, I don't think it's all going to happen in one night. You know, if it was going to happen, it would have been Roddy Strong losing to Keith Lee on the first match. And then this match, and then Adam Cole like, backstage nervously pacing, going, oh, damn, oh, damn, oh, damn. And then coming out and losing it. But I think they're going to kind of stage it out a little bit. And then again, after WrestleMania, it is going to be um, the Undisputed Era moving up to the main roster. Yeah. Well, let's not forget one thing, and I think you're right about something. We've talked about NXT UK takeover here tonight, but there is another NXT takeover coming up. And of course, that will be at WrestleMania weekend, where it's going to be uh, kind of a, a month away, so to speak. So it's going to be here before we know it. So like it says, lots of things could change. A lot of things could happen 
on the, the card there. There is so much that we've dealt with here tonight. There's just one more thing left. Well, we should say scores first, because I nearly forgot again. It's gone 5-3 to you, Dan. So you're one away from a perfect score. The question is, will that happen? I don't know who you've gone for, but I know what the match is. And it's for the NXT Championship. He wants Goldie back to Master Champa. Goldie, possibly the greatest NXT, UK, uh, NXT champion of all time. Adam Cole. Maybe. 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 So here, maybe. <laughs> is he the greatest champion of all time? Adam Cole, maybe, is the question. Uh, and talk about a great champion, Tomasa Champa. The build-up to this one, when it comes from Champa, is just so goddamn personal. Again, we talked about tonight people, you know, liking people, but Champa just loves this business. You can see it in his eyes. We've talked numerous times about the story with DIY. It was our storyline of the decade. But Chumper recently hold, having Goldie holding it for so long uh, and then getting the injury was devastating for him. And now finally back after what sem- seemed like years for him, but it's been months, finally wants to get Goldie back. And Adam Cole, a cocky, arrogant man who thinks that his group runs NXT. It's a great story, Dan. What have you thought of the build-up? I think it's been great. You know, as you say, anything involving Tommaso Chumper's brilliant. And he's kind of changed up. You kind of... Beforehand, you thought it was we thought it was an arsehole, a puppet master, but now you kind of see him. You know, he's only got one thing on his mind, and that's bringing Goldie back to Daddy. And again, it's brilliant storytelling from Tommaso Ciampa. He's kind of taken a face turn uh, towards things, and it's you know, it doesn't matter if he's a face or a heel. There's only one thing on his mind, and that is Goldie. Well, Shannon, and that's what a great character is. Talk about development. What's Ciampa love? Anything he sacrifices anything to get to that gold. But does it mean as much to Adam Cole as it does to Maso Champa? I think it might do, in a way. Because without the gold, Adam Cole as leader might be in question. Indeed, yes. Um, it's it's going to be you know a sad time to see him leaving NXT if they do, you know, well, when they do go up, because it is a question of when, not if. Um, but I think, you know, with the Undisputed Era as a whole, they've kind of achieved everything they can do on NXT. Yeah. You know, they've all held their respective goals for their respective areas. Um, Adam Carlos, he has been a great leader in NXT. You know, he's he's kind of brought this to the forefront. I never thought we would... I say we would. You know, Adam Cole, again, had to work hard. He was kind of arrogant. Can't be seen his next Shawn Michaels, and he's proven it. He's had fantastic match. Adam Cole, baby! Fantastic matches in NXT. Uh, and like I said, our wrestler, our male wrestler of the year last year. But Champa looks in phenomenal shape. Who have you gone for in this match? A final prediction of the night. James, could I have gone for Adam Cole? Maybe. Adam Cole, maybe. I have gone for and still oh. NXT champion Adam Francis Cole. Well, I can't get the win now, so who cares? But... I have also gone Adam Cole. The I only thing, James, is you want... <laughs> you only, but I only keep the winning predictions you're throwing away. <laughs> give me, give me. The only thing, James, is you want to stop me kind of taking another point, which is just as valuable as a pay-per-view point in the long run, and it will put me ahead in the bonus point prediction league as well, is you want Tommaso Ciampa to get the victory now. Yes, yes, like you said, you get an NXT point. So NXT pay-per-views are 2-1 at the moment. We know the WWE pay-per-views are 1-1, so I win one, we draw one. 
Last thing I want you to go is 9-8 up with the bonus points. And then, in two weeks' time, AEW leagues start. So that's going to be Indeed, a whole different yes. kind of thing. So then that could be <laughs> another point. So I could go from being behind at the moment to taking a dramatic change of events because uh, he was, what, five points clear. The four points for the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic, which I won all of them. I was, yeah, six, like 6-7-1 six, or something like that. Yeah. It, the, the but like I said... It'll be interesting. Exactly. So much going on in the podcast. Magnificent Seven with the rankings going on there. Me versus Dan. And now Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa. We're going to find out who is going to be the champion. If Ciampa wants to walk out here, because we both got Adam Cole as champion, Dan, what's he got to do against Adam Cole? I think he needs to get inside Ciampa's head. I know it's something hard to do, but he kind of needs to lull... Tommaso Ciampa into a full sense of security and kind of use Goldie against him. Not hit him with it, but kind of, you know, use what Ciampa loves most. Well, what I find interesting is that Adam Cole's come out here by himself. But will the numbers game come into effect? How important is it for Adam Cole to be NXT champion still? I think it's vital for the Undisputed Era, especially after losing the NXT titles now. They are in serious trouble. And you know, like when an animal's backed up into the corner, that's what they're going to feel like. And Chump has got this confidence, unlike most wrestlers that I've seen. He just is the daddy of NXT in a way, you know? Well, daddy's home, James. And daddy wants his goldie. A bit of a slow start to the match because you know it's going to be one of the uh, slow-burning long matches, which we like to see. And it's early exchanges between the two. Well, you can always feel it's going to be a long one. Let's just sit back and enjoy it. I mean, no offence to Chumper. He is a great wrestler, but you would say Alvin Cole's a better technical wrestler with you than Chumper? I would say. Chumper's certainly got the power advantage over Cole. And speed would go to Cole. But I, I would say the kind of... I don't know if it's aggressive nature of Chumper, but he will do anything. And I, But then again, Adam Cole will probably do anything as well. Yeah. But again, you know, with the mind games, which is a pivotal part of matches nowadays it's it's certainly going in Chomper's favour and Adam Cole's anything silly in the early going going to take his time and he finds himself you know this time last year facing Johnny Gagano now gets Chumper. he should tap out well, it looked like it didn't it Chumper caught him just with a side headlock but again it's getting into the head of Adam Cole you know I'm sure Chomper's going to be whispered into his ear what about Fish and O'Reilly what about Strong where are their titles this is, Chumper is, is a guy we've just seen so much from him, so much change, you know, as a kind of cruiserweight tag team with Johnny Gargano. No, even just like a cruiserweight guy against Johnny Gargano to DIY to the kind of face that we loved to the kind of hill that we hated and despicable. And now that this guy just again, you've got respect for, and that's I think that's tonight has been an important thing. You see all the people just putting it all on the line, and Champa will sacrifice his body. He'll give his last dying breath. For the NXT title. And that is a scary thing for Adam Cole to try and think. Indeed, yes. And I think Adam Cole with his cockiness. It could come unstuck like it did for Johnny Gagano as well. You know, he, he kind of sees people's weaknesses. He, he knows how to lure people in and think he's injured. And then bang, I mean, and then good night Vienna. I think with Champa, he's, uh it's going to be difficult for Cole to try and put him down. Like talk about kind of formidable opponents. I nearly went Chumper to win this one just because of the story told as well. But I think with Adam Cole, you just can't bet against the Undisputed Era, especially after losing the tag team titles. As Chumper now just bending around Cole. Chumper with a huge right hand taking down Adam Cole. 
And again, both men just feeling each other out early on in this match. Well, most, of the, most of the crowd just taking the time to get into this one as well, aren't they? So Yeah. Uh, sometimes, uh, and it feels a bit Triple h you move to me. There's been a bit of a longer takeover. Do we really need like a 45-minute main event if it's, you can tell the story in 20 minutes? Don't get me wrong. Don't, I like matches that have got time to them, but sometimes there's a bit too much. Like, you take it away for the women's match, you don't need to add it to, you know... This match here, do you just absolutely? Yeah, um, you know, I think they could tell a great story in 20 25 minutes, and you know, not necessarily need half hour, 35 minutes. And now Adam Cole's mocking Tommaso Chomper, who immediately gets up to his feet and makes Cole pay for it. Yeah, one thing about a takeover, though, is Adam Cole's getting sent out. Uh, Chomper has just turned up the volume here, sent him into the ring post, sent him over the announce table. That kind of was a thing Holt didn't want to do to Chumper. Chumper was quite happy going about his business, and now he kind of turned the screw. You mock DIY and what it means to Tommaso Chumper, and he just kind of goes joker level as he sits on the apron and pats himself on the back. And that's what Chumper could do. And Adam Cole doesn't want that Tommaso Chumper to appear, or else his NXT championship will over there rising as well. That takeover, at least it goes quickly. We're in the main event already, and it hasn't really dragged. And that's credit to the matches I know Gagano Balor was a little bit long but all the matches have kind of flowed together nicely and they've all had meaning to them and you know it's not been just guy A versus guy B just for the sake of filling up a slot you know they don't do what they would do on a Wrestlemania card or a Royal Rumble card you know just put two people together for the fun of it these have meanings there's something to them you know they're for a title and even the title matches have a meaning to it you know yeah. the path that the person took to get the title shot or, you know, kind of like the, the looking for redemption that Tommaso Chumper's kind of going for. Well, Chumper is just running through Adam Cole at the moment in time. But do you think, you know, obviously it adds to it, seeing NXT update on Saturday, uh, you know, of course, and then the live show and, and talking about it and then finally getting the event. It's nice when an event, when you when you see so much kind of the stuff build matters a little bit more because you've seen the build but also because it actually delivers in itself as well, you know? Well, personally, for mine, it helps with predictions. You know, because you know the story going into it, you can see, like, you know, what path each person's going to try and take and, you know, and how roughly it's going to play out. Well, I should pay more attention as Chumper's got Adam Cole. I mean, no, it's not as if you wrote a script for it or (laughs) done all the research for it. And then... Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't watch it twice. (laughs) What are you talking about well, Chumper now breaking the count, but the referee showed leniency early in the first match of the night, so he might do it again now. And now Chumper just chopping Adam Cole, who's sitting in the ringside table chair. Is it me, or is it the third time someone's used a chair today in matches? You had the Tegan Knox to cut a Kai, you had the Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and now you got this one. That's why they're so far apart, I suppose. Fucking hell! Whoa! And as you saying that Tommaso Chumper do anything to get Goldie back... <laughs> he just kissed a bald man on the head yeah. uh, no that's not what I was referring to I mean just throwing his whole body weight towards Adam Cole who was perched on a chair and he must have been going at least 25 mile an hour at least 45 speedy picked up there we've seen some uh, collisions here tonight and that was up there and he just stares at Goldie we saw him bleeding on it a couple of weeks ago but he does want to get too distracted by the shiny object. His precious. My precious. Nigel. <laughs> so I just saw Nigel McGuinness. So I just got distracted. <laughs> and Chumper now might be using the announce table. It's night. And Gonzalez nearly put Knox through it earlier. Oh, oh, fuck. 
Alan Cole went for the super kick. Chomper blocked it. Wheelbarrow suplex. And Tommaso Chomper, I think his spine hit the edge of the announce table. Shit. God fucking, we had a few of them tonight as well. And Chomper with a neck surgery and the problems. And Cole targeted that perfectly. Maybe that wasn't the best camera angle because Chomper yeah. managed to get his hands up. But that one looks wicked. Wicked, wicked. Don't get me wrong, still a hell of an impact as he throws him in. Looking for the count. But no, Tommaso Ciampa just managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And Adam Cole has not had a pin attempt all match. And after that high-impact move, that's how much Ciampa's been worn down already. And again, Adam Cole with a net breaker now. And the last shot plays into that. Most of Adam Cole's moves, super kicks, everything like that. Pressure to the neck and the head. And of course, the spine the tingling all the way down. Well, it is. And Adam Cole knows he needs to do anything and everything to keep his goal do you legitimately see these two guys as future WWE World Champions? Yeah, absolutely. In, in what, like, in 10 years? In five, I mean, um, I'd say in five years. I mean, once Brock Lesnar inevitably retires, please be in a couple of years, um, you know, Roman Reigns isn't going to be in the forefront forever. As long, you know, as much as Vince McMahon wants it to happen, it's not going to happen. But, you know, you can see either of these guys legitimately Collins. Beating, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan uh, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> I think with Adam Cole, I don't know, it depends how they use Chumper, isn't it? You know, this Chumper is just perfect at the moment. Whereas Adam Cole, you know, we, we talked about people looking like stars like Finn Balor or Keith Lee. And Adam Cole's got that shine to him as well. You know, he looks like he belongs. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm just buying into it. I don't know. I don't know, Dan. I think Cole is a great performer. We've seen that. James, why have you gone upstairs and put your Adam Cole baby <laughs> t-shirt on? I'm a fanboy. I'm jumping out, trying to fight with all he's got. Cole's been targeting out, keeping him down. But he went up to the top, and Chumper will risk it all. And he's got Adam Cole up on his shoulders. But Cole's managing to slide down, looking for a sunset flip bomb. Oh. Chumper looking to put Adam moving out of the way. Kick to the back of the knee and then a code breaker as Chomper was perched on the second rope. Back to the top of the neck, uh, bottom of the neck and uh, the back of the head. Top of the neck to you. As top Cole, of the neck to you. Cole brings him in, cover, and Chomper again managed to get shoulder up at two. Two. But you can just tell the pain that he's in. Certainly is weakening him up for the last shot. Without a doubt. And all this work and what Chomper was doing earlier, Adam Cole was doing right now. And this is putting extra pressure on the neck. Do you think this would be a defining moment for him if Adam Cole does manage to get out of this with his title reign still intact without the Undisputed Era at ringside? I think it might be his greatest achievement. You talk about everything that Adam Cole's had to go go through. I think if he could beat Chumper the way he is right now, one-on-one, then, yeah, all credit to Adam Cole. He may be the greatest NXT champion of all time. Oh, backslide by Chumper. Well, now nah, the neck just gave out. Well, he's not going to let Adam Cole in that easily. Looking for that DDT, but all the force goes down onto his back as he lands the DDT. But Adam Cole, luckily enough, manages to escape it. Chomper with a backslide from a suplex attempt. And then step up in Zaguri straight to the back of the neck. Now Cole going to the second rope. Oh, Looking for the Panama Sunrise, but Chomper gets up with a drop kick to counteract that. To muttle Chomper. Now Adam Cole back up, right hand. Chomper trying to fight, blocking all the punches in at the moment. But you can see the, chump, uh, the colour of Chump as well has changed. So the blood flow has been misdirected by Adam Cole. Huge clothesline by Chump and make that two. Irish rip reversed. Adam Cole lowers his head. Chump and then close him down. 
Then another one. Tower with a clothesline. Chumpa with a German suplex. And Chumpa now shaking the ropes a la Ultimate Warrior. A la Ultimate Warrior. And then knee to the face. <clears throat> and he's got him up on his shoulders. This could be it. Set out powerbomb. Two. No. Oh. Adam Cole managing to kick out. Oh. Well, all the energy Tommaso Chumpa used. Well, Tommaso Chumpa's not patting himself on the back of the neck. He's kind of rubbing it and grabbing it and trying to get some life back into it. <clears throat> It'll give you a stinger. It means you lose feelings in your arms as well. Stinger splash? No, no, it just sounds cool. And now Chumpa is setting Adam Cole up. Oh, crucifix. And both men just transitioning into pins and submission attempts. Well, Adam Cole fake going high, went low. Chumpa with the elbows. Cole was running in. Cole with the knee to the face, though. Oh, neck breaker. Ushi Garoshi. Ushi Garoshi right on the back of the neck. But no, Chumpa gets the shoulder up at two. Two. But wearing a shirt and tie. <laughs> the bloke who's wider than Rhino. <laughs> Is that me? I might be in the crowd at Portland. I don't remember going. I might be there. Anyway, Adam Cole setting Chumper up. He's not next to a good-looking blonde, though. And Adam Cole's got Chumper in trouble. What's Cole got in mind now? He's got Tommaso Chumper kind of perched in a very precarious position. Oh, my God. And Cole, where he's going to try, he's going to try and end Tommaso Chumper. But Chumper's fighting out with slaps and punches. And both men perched on the second rope. Going mano y mano. Oh, my God. He's looking for the Panama Sunrise, but Chumper's caught him. Air raid crash. I think Tommaso Chumper hurt himself just as much into the cover. Two. No. no. Cole managing to kick out. Oh. And as Mauro Ronaldo screamed as he did that. Yeah, that was the move he did off the top of the uh, War Games cage. That nearly killed both men. But when you kind of do it that much, it, you obviously know it's not going to get the job done. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just telling Mauro. I mean, you can listen to my tips or not. I'm having a go at you. Don't get me wrong. You're a great announcer. Yeah. Pay more than I do. Meh. <laughs> well, Cole now on the apron. James, you keep telling me you're a playboy billionaire ph- philanthropist. My real name's Bruce. Adam Cole with a super kick. Taking out Chumper, who falls to the outside. And what is Cole doing now? Looking oh. to powerbomb Chumper through the announce table, but no, Chumper manages to turn it round. Delivers one to Cole. And the table didn't even give way. <laughs> what happened? The table didn't break. I don't know if he's saying to him, you're going to have to do it again, guy. Didn't go full, man. You're going to try it again. Where's the referee from, Joe? It's America. you got to try it again, man. Hey, man. <laughs> have to go, go, go. <laughs> and Chumper has got Adam Cole. And I kid you not, Chumper's going to try and do it again. <laughs> he wants to make that table explode. He's got that problem with the table like he has Goldie. Oh! Now it goes through. <laughs> Puts everything he's got into Adam Cole through the announce table, smashes a monitor on the way through. Throws it back in. Adam Cole in serious trouble. Running knee to the side of the head. Oh. And now the exposed knee. No, runs into a super kick. And now Cole might be looking for last shot. No, gets turned inside out by a clothesline. And now Chumper picks up Cole. Oh. Powerbomb backbreaker. Backstabber. No. No. Adam Cole, uh, Adam Cole managing to kick out. Oh. Uh, Chump is so close. Both men absolutely spent, unable to get to their feet. And a huge NXT chart. Now the crowd haven't been allowed this in this main event. It's been a long night. Chump and Cole literally locked. Well, the horns are locked at the moment. A fight forever chance for the crowd. 
Well, cheer more then. They might fight forever, for fuck's sake. As Cole and Chumper just exchange. Oh, yay on A punches. Chumper's getting the yays. Cole's getting the nays. And a pump kick by Cole. And another one sends Chumper into the rope and then outside. Is Adam Cole looking to go flying? Oh, but Chumper gets the knee up to the face. Well, suicide dive. That's why it's called that for. Cole crashed and burnt. He came crashing down, James, and it's suicide. I think it caused internal bleeding. He's definitely got internal bleeding. And the referee count, the unbelievable stuff. Chumper rolls into the ring. Sees Adam Cole's not quite escaped, uh, quite got himself up yet. So picks him up, throws him back in. But Cole catches him. Oh! Oh, and spikes him head first, jumping pole driver. Fucking hell. Now Cole might be looking to finish it with the Ushigaroshi. Oh, sorry, Ushigaroshi. Goes for the cover too. Oh. oh, Chumper managing to kick out. Oh. <coughs> Adam Cole can't believe it, but he's got one move left. He's not trying. Oh, he's got a couple of moves. But, but he has got one last move he can shoot. If if he tried. We'll see what happens. Well, let's go, Champa, Adam Cole. As Adam Cole grabs hold of the beard. Oh, Champa breaks the grip Adam Cole had on his beard. And again, these two men turn it into a slugfest. <coughs> Oh, and a super kick by Cole, front and back, sets him up. Last, Last shot. shot. The chumper rolls towards the ring ropes very intelligently <laughs> and just wraps himself around the bottom rope. And that's how much of a uh, ring specialist Tommaso Chumper is, knows exactly where he is. He's on the apron, Adam Cole must be frustrated. This could have been over in three seconds. Well, the thing is, Cole, if he didn't trash talk, he might be able to get the job done. That's the problem. You can't do that. I know Adam Cole like, is like that. But sometimes you can't. And oh, come on now. What's he planning now? No. <clears throat> Adam Cole on the top. Looking for the Panama Sunrise. But Chumper catches him. Oh. And the air raid crash on the apron. Taking down Adam Cole. I don't know if that jarred Chumper's neck as well though. Oh, Chum- I think at this point in time, Chumper doesn't care. What's happening with him? He's just thinking about Goldie. I'm sure that would have, you know, his neck's probably hanging on by a thread at this point. Sacrifice himself. Well, he's trying to drag Cole back into the ring. Rolls himself in to break the referee's count. And now Chumper sets Adam Cole out on the outside. Oh, fairy tale ending a tent, but Adam Cole with the backdrop sends Chumper reeling over. Oh, my God. Now Adam Cole climbing the announce table. Oh! Panama Sunrise! From the announce table to the wafer, Finn Matts on the outside. That spiked him. That was a stinger. <laughs> what splash? And then Chumper, have you seen Groundhog Day? <laughs> Chumper throwing him in, getting thrown in. Alan Cole going to end it. <laughs> oh my god, no! Those Bell and Chumper now! Fairy tale ending. This could be the fairy tale ending for Chumper. This could be it. Plants Cole. Chumper knows Goldie's there, in for the cover. One, two, no! (laughs) I think he took just too long before covering him. Well, that little second gave Adam Cole a chance to kick out. (sighs) And Goldie was in the grasp of Chumper, but then cruelly taken away. And again, Chumper maybe, maybe uh, underestimating Adam Cole like Cole has done Chumper. And Chumper's proven that he doesn't need Johnny Gagano to be a great wrestler, just needs Adam Cole. <laughs> it's Chumper struggling to get to his feet. Well, what has Chumper got left to give? 
Cole just grasping at the ankle, stopping Champa from moving. He's holding on for dear life. Hold on to his title for dear life. Crossface locked in. And again, working the neck. And all the pain and punishment Champa's taking. We don't see Cole. Who's at this often? Cole rolling it back in the middle of the ring, going for the crossface. And Champa looking at it now, switched it to the crossface. Cole trying to get himself to the bottom rope. And look how tight that grip is underneath the chin. Cole might be passing out. Just manages to get to the bottom rope. Well, when Cole's gone to the outside, probably the safest part of the whole arena at the moment. Oh, no. Roderick Strong and Rod- distracting the referee. And Chumper throwing Adam Cole in. And we wonder where Roderick Strong was. Handsome Carlo Riley drags out Chumper. High low to him on the outside. Uh, along with Bobby Fish. And Chumper now gets sent in. Uh, shenanigans by the referee's back. Just cannon fodder for Cole now into the cover. One. No! And the undisputed era can't believe it. Adam Cole can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Butler, can you believe it? <laughs> oh, no. Well, what way is this going to go? The undisputed era at ringside watching their leader in trouble. But like I said, one last shot. No, Chumpa just falls down. Oh. And then Cole gets thrown out, takes out O'Reilly and fish. <laughs> strong in. Strong flat for the DDT. <laughs> Draping DDT. Chumper goes flying. Oh. Takes out O'Reilly, fish and Cole. Cole screws splash. He's got his eyes set on Adam Cole. He's got his eyes set on Goldie. Oh. Super kick. Uh. Second super kick. Oh Third super kick. God. Now picking him up for the last shot. Bang. Hits his mark. One, two, no! <laughs> what jumper? How did he kick out? <laughs> well, Adam Cole gave everything there, and he still couldn't get the job done. Adam Cole is in disbelief. And maybe Adam Cole just can't beat Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, now Kyle O'Reilly's got the title belt. Adam Spirit here, Kyle O'Reilly with a distraction. Oh, for fuck's sake. Cole's got the title, but no, Ciampa kicks it. And it's going to be it. No, Cole manages to reverse. Oh, oh Cole throwing Chumper into the ref. Well, referee down and then the Undisputed Era up. Oh. oh, low blow from Cole to Chumper. Not like this. And Adam Cole off the top. <laughs> <laughs> Straight into Adam Cole's Bay Bay Makers. Oh. Fairy tale ending. Into the cover. But we should have a new NXT champion. Ripback's <laughs> still chanting. Well, they're up to 20 and they stopped. And Chumper can't believe referee. Nowhere to be seen. Well, the count doesn't count if the referee's not in there to administer it himself. True, words never been spoken and Tommaso Chumper knows that. Oh, look, Johnny Gagano. DIY t-shirt on. Here to help out his partner. Snatching the title away from Chumper. Well, he just took Goldie out of his hands and Gagano looking at it. Hits Chomper over the head with Goldie. What a cruel turn of events. Why did he do that, Gagano? Referee's up. Cole's in the cover. One, two, three. Oh, my God. Adam Cole beats Tommaso Chomper thanks to Johnny Gargano. What does this mean for DIY? I mean, not only... as Ch- I, I can't expect Undisputed Era. I've somehow managed... To hold on to the title. Why Gagano? Why? Uh, Dan, what did you... I mean, that match was 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 
great, wasn't it? It was yeah. absolutely brilliant, full of everything. You know, when Johnny Gagano come out wearing his DIY T-shirt, you thought, yes, the numbers are finally going to get a bit more even. Tommaso Ciampa could get his hands on Goldie, but at the last second, Gagano snatches it away from the fingers of Ciampa and just smashes him over the head with it. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe what we've seen. The whole story of Gagano and Ciampa now taking a different turn of events with Gagano doing this. I'm, I, I just, I'm, I'm shocked. Unbe-fucking-leavable. Um, it's, um, it's unbelievable, man. Uh, all right, it means that, Dan, yes, you you want me to say it to you, don't you? I want you to say it. Say yeah. it so everyone can hear it, loud and proud. I've kept my mouth quiet about points from the moment this bell has rung, James. I've wanted you to come out and say it. Well, or Dan, you got six for six. It's a perfect score. And a bonus point means you take the lead in the bonus leagues. It's 2-1 now of NXT's. 2-1 to me. So I still lead that. 1-1's pay-per-views. But bonus is 9-8. So I've tied it up. We are all even. even, And we've got the AEW one starting in a couple of weeks' time. And of course, we've got Magnificent Seven next week as well. But before we go, let's just run through the car quickly. Just talk about this magnificent NXT TakeOver event. We started off with Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic down. What a match that was. Absolutely brilliant way of starting it off. Something that I didn't expect could happen between these two guys. I know they've had very good matches before, but they went above and beyond what I expected. You know, the the sequence outside the match. Yeah, the referee was a bit lapsed, but you can kind of let that go. It's a title match, you know. Emotions are running wild. <clears throat> so you can kind of let that go. And, you know, Keith Lee looks absolutely brilliant as North American champion. And so did Dominic Dijakovic. And the stuff they did for the two guys their size in the opening match of the night was incredible. For me, I don't think they bettered that match throughout, even though we had some great fucking uh, wrestling. We had Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai. This was good between the two. It was nice to see something different. Street fight was good. Uh, my first match, I gave it four and three quarters out of five. Uh, I agree with you there. I gave it four and three quarters as well. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant match. My second match, I gave uh, Knox and Kai three and three quarters. I said it was good. It was nice to see something different. It's a shame the ending got spoiled a little bit by Gonzalez. But I think the fire, I keep saying fire, but it kind of, like, sort of heart determination of Atiga Knox and Dakota Kai makes me think that the women's division have got another two stars there as well. Yeah, I gave that a three and a half. I thought it was a very good match, um, especially for a street fight as well. You know, they kind of kept it confined to the ring slash ring area, apart from obviously during the entrance. And that's good. You know, you don't need to be all around the arena. You don't need to go everywhere. You know, you can keep it to that area, use any weapons available, which they did. Um, the ending, again, you know, it did spoil it a bit. It wasn't as great as it could have been. No, that doubt. So, I mean, it wasn't too bad. And then we had Gagano versus Balor. Absolute brilliant match again. You know, both these guys are on top of their game in NXT. This is a Finn Balor that we need uh, around the WWE product. I mean, he's back to his best. He was in NXT and Johnny Gagano. You can't fault the man for his determination and the way he works in the ring. And even after losing the match, he's still going to come out absolutely brilliant. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I gave that a four and a quarter out of five. I gave that a four and a half out of five. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was great stuff. But like I said, Finn Balor winning. Uh, this is the battle that we need. Like I said, and Gagano always looks good. Gagano looked a bit off. We found out why later. Uh, Ripley versus Belair. This was, I would like more. Take five, ten minutes off other matches. Stick it on here. Let Ripley go out there with Belair. They were building something. 
And it kind of, that kind of riptide from the second rope, you're like, oh, oh, that was it, was it? Every other match had at least two or three proper false finishes. Yeah. Whereas this one kind of felt, oh, is that it, is it? All right. I think, you know, that is kind of a way of putting over Ray Ripley as someone who is unstoppable, as someone who is unbeatable. Yeah, it's crazy. But it takes a bit away from Bianca Belair. I thought she was absolutely great. She, you know, she's putting stellar performances in her matches before, when, you know, coming really well in the Royal Rumble, in the Battle Royal that she got to get a number one contenders match. Uh, you know, that played out really well. But she just looked a lot weaker than the... Uh, Bianca Belair that we've seen. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, there's been a lot of talk Belair might be featuring a triple threat match. Would you want to see a triple threat match at WrestleMania with Belair involved with Ripley or would you want to see I wouldn't, no. I'd want to see a straight up one on one. Yeah, I think Charlotte is going to beat uh, Belair or have a match with her about the, the rates because they've been getting dicked by AEW. We've not mentioned that. We will mention that in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, yeah, a Ripley Belair, I go a three and a half. Uh, I gave that a three and a quarter. The only thing that kind of made it a bit better was the ending and I thought you know this is kind of the right thing for Charlotte Flair to do if that ending had been on the Knox Kai match then the Knox Kai match probably would have been about four and a quarter do you know what I mean like yeah. that, that's what I felt was missing a little bit but I felt Knox Kai was better than the women's championship match Unsputed Air versus the Bros Waits Dusty Classic winners um, again you know you can kind of see there's there's trying to cement some cracks in between the Bros Waits you know add, uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne you know with the accidental hitting each other's and if it wasn't for Dunn's tenacity and you know just his sheer determination to get the victory I think that kind of shows through and Matt Riddle you know you kind of see him as the dopey one of the group and Dunn's a serious one uh, overcoming the undisputed era it, yeah it, it's the right thing to do at that moment in time uh, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with Dunn and Riddle as they go along. They've been positioned as, you know, kind of stars at the moment. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Great match, though. I gave that a four out of five. Could have been higher. I gave that a four and a quarter out of yeah. five. My, my problem was, was that Gagano Balor was good, but for me, it wasn't as good as that. But the Unspeed here was as good. And then throwing Colton Chump on the main event, I thought that was awesome as well. I didn't like the main roster feeling of it, uh, main pay per view of outside interference and championship belt but because it was Gagana involved I thought that was right it's interesting to think that they're not going to end it they're going to continue doing this story we asked if that was the right thing well we did kind of wonder what was going to happen for uh, Johnny Gagano and Finn Balor you see Finn Balor was the next legitimate challenger to the NXT championship and you can see that Johnny Gagano is going to go into a storyline with Tommaso Ciampa again yeah. you know and you've kind of seen uh, a face Gagano against a heel chomper. You kind of seen them both faces, you seen them both heels, but now you're going to see a heel Gagano against a face chomper, which is kind of another element to their story. And it feels weird now because Adam Cole, where does he go from here? Is it maybe a date with Finn Balor down the line? What is one thing for clear? So when Adam Cole loses that championship, wherever the, the pop is going to be massive as well. Don't get me wrong, they love Adam Cole, but once the Unsputed Era story is done in NXT, that's going to be a big moment. I go that four... And a half out of five. It was better than Gagano. that a four and a half out of five as well. Um, you know, you kind of thought that Tommaso Ciampa was going to overcome the members of the Undisputed Era as well and get the victory. But, you know, the kind of, I like the little shock element of Johnny Gagano looking to come down and yeah. bolster the numbers in favour of DIY. But, no, it was a more of a slap in the face with Goldie. Exactly, without a doubt. And credit to Adam Cole. I, I would say credit to everybody on this this has been a fucking fantastic show all right just a couple of tweaks here and there but it was so enjoyable for a three-hour show uh for an event i thought i might might be a little bit forgettable 
I'll give you my rating out of 10 in a minute. I thought my man of the, the show was Finn Balor. A motivated Finn Balor like that. I nearly gave it to Dominic Dijakovic, but I thought Balor just showed something a little bit different here tonight. It, it was a Balor we needed, not the Balor we want, you know? So, um, who was your man of the night? I'm going to have to or go with Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa, yeah? Yeah, I think he put a performance. And, you know, it's, it's still carried on the story that Tommaso Ciampa wants Goldie, but now he's got another obstacle to overcome to get to his goal and his ambitions of regaining that title. Yeah, my match of the night was Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. As was mine as well. Yes, and uh, rating out of 10. I'm going to give that an even 9. I thought, you know, there was some very good moments in it. There's a, a few bits and pieces that you usually say you could tweak. But it wasn't far off a great pay-per-view for NXT. Yeah. I've got to say, for me, it's a nine and a half. Like I said, I could watch that show again and not really be affected. Yeah, the main event maybe was just a little bit too long. Maybe the Gagala match was a little bit too long to me. I will go back and watch that Dijakovic versus Lee match again. And just, just to see if it was as good as I think it was. I think it was. Uh, to start off a show like that was brilliant. The take, there was nothing here that was like, oh, let's just... Let's go to the bar for it. You know what I mean? Nice, quick. Even with the added... I won't want the added match next time. Just do a five-match takeover. But for this, it was fine. Unless you want to do one on the kickoff. Anyway, I'm rambling. Nine and a half out of ten. Uh, that is it. Anything else about takeover? Perfect score, baby! Dickhead. All right, just a couple of things then. Uh, to end things out, what I find shocking the most, Dan, was not the fact Chomper lost Goldie, but lost his best friend again. Like that, That's a great line to finish on. I can't, I can't bring anything else out on that. <laughs> I knew I had it ready, and I thought, yeah, that's a good line. Uh, right, so that is it. Don't forget, our next episode is the Magnificent Seven, and of course, we'll be working out who the the, the seven are on what rankings. Of course, we know the seven off the top of our head. We've got Drew McIntyre, Pete Dunne, Will Ospreay, Tyler Bate, Zack Sabre Junior, uh, Pack or yeah, Pack or Neville, and of course, Marty Skrull. So they're the seven we're going to work out. The order for that next week, of course, AEW, a couple of weeks' time. Dan, it's your night tonight, but we'll see what happens. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, at WWNetReview, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. Uh, send us an email, podcast at gmail.com, or also Instagram, podcast or Facebook. Yes, Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with the WNR podcast, and come and find me and add me as a friend, I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the WNR podcast, we've got all the latest clips on there. Podcast got at the same time on YouTube and there are places like SoundCloud on your phone on Spreaker Radio we just like to say thank you everybody we had like 27,000 people over all the two episodes at the weekend we just thank you for support we're going to do it all over again at Wrestlemania weekend called Spreaker Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download subscribe rate and review there so that is it so just before we go like I said, don't forget Magnificent 7 I just want to say one thing and you know I just want to talk about it quickly because I don't usually talk about anything else uh, but Sunday, lost Ernie. Ernie Bulldog was three and a half uh, after his fight with epilepsy. Uh, he was a good boy. You know, he'll never be forgotten. Anyway, that is it. Thanks for listening, everybody. I have been Jamie Froelands, and as always, always joined by... Damn right. Thanks, everybody, and bye. Bye.